Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every episode is a complete story with an ending, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined today by Tornin. Hello, I am a level 3 wood elf ranger. I wear leather armor with various colors of the outdoors, and I light brown hair and brown eyes. Nezgrax. Hello, I'm Nezgrax Skarsbrush. I'm a level three uh, wizard. I'm a necromancy wizard. I'm a brass dragonborn, so I have brassy, scaly skin. I'm about 5'10", 150 pounds, and I um, am wearing a comfortable-looking uh, hooded cloak that has my school name on it. It's Nikimwe Community College. And Cliff. Uh, g'day, yep, um, I'm Cliff, Cliff Underdown. Uh, I'm a, a druid, a circle of the mountain. Uh, I've got bright blue eyes, kind of curly blonde hair and a bushy beard, and I carry around this uh, big wooden staff, which has kind of thorny brambles around it, and a wooden shield, which is painted with uh, a scene of mountains and storm clouds. And on my backpack is my uh, pet chicken, Chook. Today is a bit different than a normal game, because you may or may not be starting in the Firebreathing Kittens Guild Hall. Welcome to the puzzle adventure! Woo! Jazz fingers, you can't see them on the podcast. There are three terrible events going to happen today in Nikamui. Much like the classic movie Groundhog Day, in which a weather presenter relives one day over and over in a loop, you have the opportunity to relive today over and over to prevent these three terrible events. If you can prevent all three, that's great. If you reach midnight and you haven't prevented them, that's okay too. This is an experiment in storytelling and I thank you for participating. No worries, if you reach the end of the day with nothing but bad endings, we can restart as long as there's still time left in our game. If you still haven't prevented all three events when we run out of time for the game, I can reveal anything you'd like to know. If you're ready with a pen, I've got your location names for you. Please write down the following. And then I'm also going to send it in the group chat. <laughs> Beach. Apartment building. Alley. Fire-breathing kittens guild hall. Tastes like crepe restaurant. Park. Market. Nikimui Community College. And again, I've also sent those in the chat. So that's Beach Apartment Building Alley, Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall, Tastes Like Crepe Restaurant, Park, Market, Nikimui Community College. Those are your settings for today. You can go to any of them for a one hour long chunk of time. It's 9am and you have until midnight. Where would you like to start? I love the beach. Yeah, why not? That's um... Let's give that a go. Okay, why not? Yeah, beach day. Woo! The beach of Nikimui is a white, sandy expanse that slopes downward from a grassy lawn, up on a hill, down to the water. 9 a.m. This early in the morning, the sand is not yet too hot to touch. An Anago woman, an eel-headed person with a fin ridge instead of hair, has laid out two yoga mats. She poses and stretches on one of the mats, facing the ocean, raising her arms. I, uh, 
are okay are so we're on the beach we're like on the sand yeah like just directly in front of her i say namaste oh okay very appropriate lingo she puts her hands together straight from their palms to the tips of her fingers pushing her hand in a 90 degree angle against her arm and says namaste to you she seems peaceful i say uh, hello uh my name is Nesgrax, and these are my associates. This is Cliff, and this is Tornin. Uh, we just G'day. thought we just thought we'd check out the beach today. Are you doing some? I see you have. Uh, is it two yoga mats here? The woman with the eel head and the fin ridge instead of hair looks down in surprise at the second yoga mat. She shakes her head as if confused about why there's a second mat. Did I put that there? Oh, <laughs> silly me. I It was just a habit. I don't know why I did that. Um, you're welcome to join me. I'm Brooke. Brooke Delvincourt. And she is approximately like human age equivalent, like 45-ish. Interesting. What? Uh, you said you do it out of habit. Do you know, Are you normally doing yoga at this time with, with a partner? Oh, wow. Her mind is like, <laughs> maybe she's done too many hallucinogens because she... You don't know what to think of this lady. She looks confused, perplexed, and with two yoga mats. <laughs> She's like, why did I... I I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Weird, but fine. Yes, indeed. Well, I mean, so that's... It's not your yoga mat, then. I brought it here, and I own it. I just don't know why. <laughs> I only well. need one yoga mat. Why did I put two down I, I, oh, she shrugs it off because it's easier to reject dark thoughts than to dwell on them and goes, it's just before the coffee. <laughs> you know how you are before coffee. <laughs> and she chuckles, but there's like an edge of fear. Indeed. Uh, yeah, Brooke, um, I don't mean to pry here, but it, it feels like, um, you know, you're not really, uh, Present with your feelings, if you see what I mean, in your speak. That's a good point. Maybe I should meditate on it. Or, you know, you could just talk it out. <laughs> that works, too. Okay. All right, then. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, guys, we have just walked up to this woman who's trying to do meditation on the beach. And uh, that's a bit intimidating. Yeah, true. That is true. true. Yeah, she's looking for some quiet space. Indeed. Yeah, you can't always take an open yoga mat as an invitation, guys. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, hey, Brooke, uh, can I ask you, um, where do you live in Nickamway? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like on the land. Oh, uh, <laughs> she chuckles and reaches her hand up to self-consciously stroke the fin ridge on her head. This is just... Uh, vestigial <laughs> oh i see gotcha i bet you are an excellent swimmer though huh ah you got me there All right. and she goes now if you'll excuse me i'm i i've got she looks at her watch only about half an hour left and then i've got to get going oh where are you off to roll a persuasion check all right let's see how much information you can get out of strangers <laughs> oh six <laughs> Roll an insight check. All right. Ten. Completely telling the truth, she says to you, 
Off to my day job. The daily grind, you know? I hear ya. Everyone else roll an insight check, too? 17. Uh, I rolled a natural 20 for a 23. Nice. The natural 20 thinks that she might be lying because she's uncomfortable talking to these strangers. And just the whole situation with two yoga mats, she's weirded out. He doesn't, uh, sorry, with your persuasion that low, you know, he doesn't seem particularly <laughs> trustworthy. <laughs> you scared the woman. She's lying. Yeah, she's scared. She's lying. Hey, look, there's an interesting shell over there. Let's go look at that. Oh, wow. I bet a hermit crab lives in there. Come on, guys. <laughs> Ooh, a shell. Okay. I think I gotta look at the shell. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was nine o'clock at the beach. At 10 o'clock, where do you want to go? Uh, how about the park? Sounds good. Yeah, well, the day's fine. Let's, uh, let's spend some outdoor time. That almost rhymes. It's just my druidic lilt. <laughs> the park is mostly wooded. There is one cleared area. An oval jogging path encircles a large sports field lawn and mulched playground. 10 a.m. A Dawn Teeth, a five-foot-tall vampire bat person, and a Steam Crackle, a construct powered by steam energy that occasionally leaks from between her joints, are jogging and chatting on the oval path. They look like good friends. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Shall we go for a jog? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I could I could use some exercise. Yeah, sure, why not? I'm not dressed for it, but, but I'll jog. Actually, DM's bad at tables. You see them leave as you show up. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm just going to yell, Goodbye, strangers! Yeah, they just finished their morning exercise routine and and they jog off like 200 feet away from you they jog out of sight as you show up <laughs> okay okay Oops. all right the park is empty at 10 o'clock where would you like to go at 11 yeah um let's go to the hall and just check things out there that's sort of our home base and see if any jobs are up on the board yeah yeah sounds sounds good to me Oh, it's been a lovely morning, though. Beach and park. Oh, it's yeah. been so peaceful. Seriously. The Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. There is a job flyer. It is 11 o'clock a.m. I'm going to go check out the job flyer. I'm going to order some popcorn for Chuck. Um... Yeah, I'll go with uh, Tornin to look at the job flyer. All right. Cliff, your popcorn is on the way. Tornin and Nesgrax see the following flyer, posted by Vince Copy. So Vince is the first name. It looks like copper, but with an E instead of that R, Copy. In a magical script written by Nulisag, the guildmaster, and only legible to those who have received the tattoo of the fire-breathing kitten on a shield, it says... Quentin Joff, spelled J-O-F-F-R-E. I don't know how to pronounce that. Quentin, <laughs> a teacher at Nicomoy Community College, is getting a bit too brig for his britches. Take him down a peg. Rough him up a bit. There's an alley he always takes on his way home from class around 5 p.m. A map is attached with a red X on a nearby alley. 
wow, so this is the kind of work that the fire-breathing kids are being given. That's <laughs> We fall into a new low. I feel like I've heard of this teacher. And yeah, I hear he does need to be taken down a peg. So I'm in for this. I think I'll be a legend at my frat. So we should definitely do this. What's the pay? Pride. Oh, I'll do it for that. (laughs) It is 150 gold. Okay. (laughs) Yasus. All right. So I guess we know where we're going at 5 p.m. then. Yep. Yeah, we got some time. Maybe we should try to find this um, Quentin guy, though, beforehand, just to sort of, you know, let him know that we've taken the job and maybe, you know, if someone else has already taken it, then, then uh, you know, he can, he can cancel them or, you know, make sure that we don't get sent to do the same thing to the same guy. What, wasn't Quentin the guy we're meant to be baiting up? Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry. No, Vince. Vince Copy. He's the one who put up the flyer, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think? Should we go check it out, see if we can find Vince? Mm, usually when they put up a flyer on the board, that's the only place. Uh, uh, who knows? I, I guess. Sure. Does he have contact details? You look at the flyer and it says, Written by Nulasag, the guildmaster, oh. <laughs> and, and only legible to those who have received the tattoo of the fire-breathing kitten on the shield. So you know that Nulasag would be able to give you information about the person who wrote the job flyer. All right. I'm going to go find the old dwarf then. <laughs> He's so <laughs> respectful for his boss. Tordin walks up the stairs to the office on the second floor. It is a closed, solid wooden door. I'm going to knock on the door. After Tordin knocks on the door... A high, thin, elderly dwarf voice calls out, Who is it? I'm here uh, trying to find information about one of the job flyers that you that was posted that you help, uh, wrote up. Calling through the door, the high old man's voice says, Tornin, is that your voice? Come on in. All right. I open the door up and walk in. Okay, a two-foot-tall elderly man is sitting behind a large mahogany desk, his little feet kicking in the space between his chair and the ground. Yeah, Tornin, I know all about Vince Copy. Seems like a bad fella. Yeah, this seems like a bit of a downgrade from what the, the, the guild usually has to do. I mean, this is, uh, are we really sure we want to take this kind of job? Well, see, if we don't take this job, then someone else will take the job. And I did talk him up 50% on the price. So the less money people like him have, the better it is for the world. But you can solve it in your own way. All right. So the new Egg just told you that the original price was 100 and he talked it up to 150. <laughs> uh. Like, screw that guy, take his money. <laughs> just... All right. And any, inf- any other information about the individual that posted it? Oh, yeah, I got all his information. I think he'll probably be a problem with the law later. He looks like, and now he's going to describe what he looks like and where he works. So <laughs> he is a bipedal goat with floppy. He's a bipedal goat with floppy ears and two small horn stubs. He works at Taste Like Crepe Restaurant as a... Prep chef slash waiter. 
If he's a goat, he probably is also the trash disposal. <laughs> <laughs> Neela Sag laughs with you. <laughs> I also got information about Quentin Joff. He's also a bipedal goat with floppy ears and two small horn stubs, and he usually wears a flat cap on his head. Ah, so the two of them are probably butting heads, I bet. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You get an inspiration point for consistent puns. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's worth (laughs) All right. um, Thank you very much. I was thinking about going there next to get some food before the the afternoon, and I think that's probably where I'm going to go next. So, yeah, that works. Let's go check out this Vince guy, get some brunch, and then we'll figure it out from there. Sound good? Sounds great. Yeah, great. At twelve o'clock noon, our heroes arrive at the Tastes Like Crepe restaurant. This one dollar sign out of three dollar signs restaurant has a good sense of humor and delicious food. Have you ever seen the movie Office Space? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In it, there is a scene where mild-mannered adults get baseball bats and hit a printer, gleefully sending plastic flying in all directions. Yes. (laughs) A Dawn Teeth, a five-foot-tall vampire bat person, and a Steam Crackle, a construct powered by steam energy that occasionally leaks from between her joints, are doing that to a five-tiered wedding cake in the parking lot outside of Tastes Like Crepe Restaurant. These two again. Wow, this is the <laughs> second time we've encountered this. <laughs> these two individuals today. Wow, okay. Um, hmm. Wait, are they destroying a wedding cake? Yeah, they are. Hey, is that your wedding cake? The steam crackle, the person with steam leaking out from between her joints, uh, smiling her just biggest smile, Looks up from where she had just, like, <laughs> obliterated a tear of this cake with the baseball bat. And, like, laughing says to you, yep, I just bought it. It's all mine. Okay. Do you want to go? Uh, she holds out the baseball bat to yeah? you. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Why not? Maeve and Chibi both hand you a baseball bat. <laughs> all right. I'll go. <laughs> Take that ceremony. (laughs) Whack. (laughs) As you bring the baseball bat down upon the beautifully fondant-covered cake, it's surprisingly not resistant, and your baseball bat thuds all the way down to the asphalt and sprays soft cake mush up into the air. (laughs) Uh, That occupies you guys for like a good 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So... I guess seeing how you, how you jog, jog and you're beating up a cake, I guess you guys are health nuts. <laughs> Maeve, the vampire bat person, shrugs and says, not really. Okay. What, what's so, different? Yeah. What do you got against cakes? Or weddings? Nothing in particular. We bought it um, like an hour ago. And we sat here for like half an hour trying to figure out how to transport it. I just, you know, always wanted one. And I was never going to get a wedding cake unless I bought one. So I was like, you know what? The steam crackle is saying this. I got my first paycheck at my new job and I came here and I spent all 900 gold on this cake. (coughs) Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot of gold for a cake that you're going to destroy. Yeah. 
Yes. Like, do you mind if I ask what your job is? Because that sounds like a pretty good paycheck. The steam crackle says that she is a secretary at a law office in town. That's, uh... Well, congratulations. I'm glad you're living your dreams. Thanks. <laughs> she's still laughing because she's destroying a wedding cake with a baseball bat. I'm Chibi. The steam crackle holds out her hand. And then the vampire bat girl holds out her hand and says, I'm Maeve. Nice to meet you. We'll clean up all of our mess. Don't worry. Sorry about that. <laughs> don't mind us. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I don't care. Do you want some lunch? Because we're about to get lunch. It tastes like crepe. That's right there. Maeve reaches up her hand and wipes a large portion of frosting off of her cheek <laughs> and goes, oh, we ate. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, cool. Okay. Oh, hey, ladies, by the way, you haven't seen um, like a goat person waiting in the uh, Taste Like Crepe restaurant, have you? The chef? Uh, I-, I hear he's a prep chef, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was behind the counter in the kitchen when we bought the cake from this, like, cow-horned lady. Cool, cool. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks, guys. You want a slice of cake to go? Yeah, why not? Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll take (laughs) a bit. She reaches down, and she grabs a cake, like, handful, and (laughs) she holds it out to you. (laughs) Okay, I take it. That's very (laughs) kind. He said, like, a 900 gold cake. I'm going to eat it. Uh, yes. Okay, well, that's what they're up to. So. Hey, do you mind if I just leave uh, my chicken here with the, the cake scraps? Mm. This is Chuck. Chibi um, reaches out to pet Chuck. She's a construct. She doesn't have any smell. What does Chuck do when Chibi tries to pet her? I, I mean, Chuck's pretty used to being petted. Ah, uh, so... Chook probably has, like, her eyes half open. She's just sitting on top of the backpack, right? Yeah. And when you pet her, she's just, like, still half asleep. I'll just put her down next to the cake and say, Here, Chook, you you help clean this up. I'll be back in half an hour. With a cow and a goat, Chuck might fit in well in this restaurant. (laughs) Okay, Chook is eating cake. Chook is much more awake now that there's a giant cake next to her. (laughs) And I guess you guys can... Head on into the restaurant, and now this makes sense. One waitress, a highland cow person with wide horizontal horns and sideswept brown hair, is looking particularly cheerful. Almost as if she just made a sale of 900 gold. (laughs) (laughs) Three for uh, seating, please. Well, surely, she says, and guides you to a booth or table. What do you guys think? Booth or table? Uh, Big fan of booths. I do like booths. Yeah, let's do a booth. Why not? All right. But I mean, if we do want to see people coming in and stuff, and I don't know, where can we get a good look at the kitchen from the booth? You can, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Booth. Okay. You are now sitting in the booth. The wide cow-horned waitress says, What can I get y'all? What's today's special? Crepes. Unlimited crepes for one gold. Crepes, please. Indeed. I'll have a 900 gold wedding cake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you saw that out in the parking lot, huh? I sure did. It looked like a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, those girls. Well, you know, gold is gold. Do you happen to know those ladies? 
Just met him today. Okay. If you got the gold, I got the cake. Oh, by the way, I've been told that um, Vince makes really good crepes. Is he working today? Yeah. Vince didn't tell me he was having friends come over. Vince! And he, she turns over her shoulder and yells into the kitchen, Vince, you got friends here! A bipedal goat man with floppy ears and two stubby horns sticks his head into the walkway. He's wearing a, an apron, that's all you can see of his shoulders, and he looks at you guys and does not recognize you. We're from the fire-breathing kittens. Yeah, hey Vince, we're, we're here to help you with that tutoring gig, wink wink. Intelligence check on Vince. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tutor. <laughs> no, we're here to tutor you. Now you see he's holding his chef's knife. And he steps oh. fully into the walkway. Oh. Hey. <laughs> um, the, right. prof the professor sent us, you know, the professor. My character holds up the flyer from the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The flyer that looks like blank paper to everyone else. Oh, shoot. All right. Yeah. He wipes his knife casually on a rag and steps out into that. Space between the counter and the doorway, you know, like picture a, a wide counter and then there's like space between and then there's the doorway to the kitchens. He says, Yutung, come here, Yutung, step aside. Yutung uh, has recently been through some events that would lead her to immediately drop to the floor. Yutung, <laughs> like battle trained, just collapses like limp kneed, goes to the ground and then crawls to the left. <laughs> Everybody roll initiative, because apparently you're fighting with Vince. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh. Great. Let's hope I don't roll this badly in combat. Ooh, 19. Natural one. <laughs> uh, 12 for me. The order is Nesgrax, Cliff, Vince, and then Tornin. Nesgrax, you can go first. Um... Actually, let's vote. Do you guys want to make this a combat or a skill challenge? What do you think? I think we're not trying to kill this guy, so probably think might be a better idea to do a skill challenge. Okay. The way that a skill challenge works is that you will look at your list of skills that's on your character sheet. Select one of them. Create a obstacle for yourself that your skill could overcome. Like, for example, if there's a high ledge, you could use your athletic skill to jump up to the ledge. Or if there's... um a dance performance, and you need to be the loudest cheerer to go up on stage, then you would use your performance check. Whatever, <laughs> dude, I don't know, whatever situation you want to create for yourself to use one of your skills. The rules are, if you're a spellcaster, you can expend a spell slot to get advantage on your roll. If you're using a skill immediately after someone, you can't use the skill that they just used. And you personally can only ever use, from your list of skills, you can use that skill once, the entire skill challenge. So no two in a row for the party, and you could only use that skill once. Nesgrax, you're up first. Okay. Um... Currently, there's a goat man holding a knife. <laughs> yeah. Intending to harm you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, let's see. I'm going to... I'm going to use... Okay, this is, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to use my perception skill um, to see if there's 
anything that I can use like around me to subdue him uh, somehow. But then I'm also going to cast darkness so that I can, you know, like I'm going to look at the object, cast darkness, and then like mentally I'll be remembering where that thing is and I can like get it and, and, and knock him down or whatever. Okay. So you want it to be dark in the room. Yes. Magical darkness. Can you read that spell? Yeah. So darkness says magical Actually, dark. Let's yep. just a spell slot can be expended to give you advantage on the thing that you're going to do. Okay. Oh, so, so I don't. Okay. Oh, so it's not. Actually cast I'm not actually using. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, let me just roll a perception just to look for anything that might help me here. So that's a, an eleven. Well, you can expend your spell slot to get advantage. Mm. If you've got yeah. A relevant. Okay. Yeah. I'll I think expend you can a... just expend the spell slot. Yeah. Okay. I'll do the spell slot. I'll do uh, that again. That is a seven. <laughs> okay. So eleven Ooh. it is. Okay. All right. So because that's a failure, I don't even have to invent an item for you. Okay. You look around desperately, and you see that weirdly, someone has removed all of the sharp instruments <laughs> from this restaurant. Like previously, there had been a decorative antlers of a deer up on a wall, you see the mark behind a, a removed painting where it no longer is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Tung had a traumatic experience recently, and she removed all of the sharp implements from <laughs> one of her waitresses tried to kill her. That's why Vince was hired very recently. Ah. Uh, I think that's... But tell us about the giant worm is the name of that adventure. If anyone would like to know what happened to Yutung, you can listen to that one. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, failure... So I'll, I'll also say there's three passes to pass this skill challenge, or three failures to fail it. So that is one failure. After Nesgrax, it's Cliff. You can't use perception. That's fine. I'm going to pull out my quarterstaff and use intimidation and say, that's not a knife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. And I also score an 11. Oh, no. <laughs> Vince calls out to you, it's a quarterstaff. <laughs> He's good. He's good, guys. <laughs> That's two failures. I didn't think you guys were going to fail this. <laughs> so the DC really low. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it's now Vince's turn. Vince advances. He hops because with his goat legs, he's great at hopping. Vertically, four feet up onto the counter, and then licks the knife menacingly. <laughs> After Vince, it's Tornin. Tornin, go ahead. Okay, normally I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to use handle animals. Oh. Since these guys are part animal. They're people. Don't be like that. No racism <laughs> here. Not quite racism, but oh, it's the... Uh... Oh. We're not part monkey. <laughs> They're not part goat. <laughs> um, Aren't they a little bit though? <laughs> wow. He's a he's a goat. He's a goat man. <laughs> We're monkey people. He's a goat man. Mm. If you should, <laughs> he'll have a reaction to seeing like something a goat would like or dislike, right? Like, I don't know, a Dang, wolf or something? Dang, I see how it is. <laughs> I see where we all <laughs> stand. Saying, like, if you show me, like, a banana, I'm going to be like, hey, a banana, and eat it. <laughs> if you show him, like, a wolf, he's going to be like, oh, and, like, run away, because <laughs> he's a goat. 
<sighs> okay, let's then let's not, not maybe not animal handling then, but um, all right, um, I'm going to use stealth then. Stealth. I rolled the. I'm going to try to sneak up behind him. Ooh. And... slinks down under the table, between the table and the booth, and tries to maneuver his way across the tiled floor under the other tables. To That's behind. a 16. There we go. That's a pass. Oh, good. You guys don't fail. <laughs> <laughs> Tornin, he doesn't see you. You're standing, or no, you're crouching next to the counter. Uh, his feet are above your head. And he doesn't see you there. Nezgrex, okay. if you fail, we all fail. <laughs> so, Okay. It's Here we turn. go. Um, okay. I'm going to use uh, persuasion. Why not? Okay. So I got a 16. So I'm going to say... Yay, it passes. <laughs> Vince, we're not here to fight with you. We're here to help you. We wanted just more information. Don't you understand? Huh? He says gruffly, and that that passed, so he stops licking the knife and lowers it down to the level of his waist. He hasn't set down the knife, but you definitely have the chance to. Cliff, it's your turn. If you pass, they all pass. If you fail, they all fail. Uh, I'm going to do athletics to give him a hard love hug. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's an 18. Woo! They passed the DC 14 skill challenge. There, there, Vince. There, there. (laughs) As you hard love hug Vince, the knife is trapped by your arms around him, and he can't stab any of you. (laughs) With you saying there, there, he goes, you're not sent from the professor to fight me? No, we're here about the flyer that you posted in the guild hall about the professor. Oh, and he he calls out to Yutung. Yutung, it's clear. <laughs> she doesn't come up from beneath her table. <laughs> I come up from... I, actually, you know what? I'm going to stay beneath the table for the time being. Yeah, so we heard you want us to rough up uh, someone at the college. And we just wanted to know um, why, I guess. Actually, I'm not really sure. Help me out here, guys. Yeah, no, it was you. You say you wanted us to to rough up this guy, uh, Quentin Joff. Um, it's not usually the sort of thing that we're into, so we just wanted to sort of get a little bit more of the story before we committed to the job. Oh well, here, come here. Let's. You took it's fine, and he guides you outside to where there's a very very clean parking lot with no cake anymore. And and you guys can talk, like, next to the dumpster. Wow, those girls uh, are, work fast. I'll pick up Chuck if Chuck is still there. Chuck is now eating stuff next to the dumpster. She, or no, she's super fat, and she's sitting next to the dumpster next to all the food smells there, just happy. <laughs> I'll leave her for a few more minutes then. So you've got the bipedal goat person with the floppy ears and the two stubby horns. Okay. He says, Quentin Joff is a bad person. He's living it up in luxury with no consequences. He stole my job. He's an adjunct professor at Nikimui Community College. They have never had a professor as young as him before. So what is that? Nepotism. Nepotism is what it is. Favoritism. He doesn't deserve it. I wish someone would teach him a lesson. Rough him up a bit in an alley as he leaves work, you know? He has it coming. 
There's 150 gold in it for you. If you bring me his Tammy hat as proof, you knocked the cap off his head. I'll be on shift in that kitchen if you want to meet up. You know, just bring me his cap. All right. That's as much gold as I can offer you. It's all I make in four months. It tastes like crepe. It's so beneath me. Stupid Quentin taking my job. So you're a professor. Ooh. Do a insight check. If you beat eight, what he says to you, I could be, is not believable. But if you roll below eight, then yeah, he could be a professor. Oh, I rolled exactly an eight. Meet it to beat it. So you can tell that he probably couldn't be a professor. <laughs> uh, I turned to the others. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, out of, when we're out of listening range of him, I talk to theirs. Uh, this one's making me even more uncomfortable. I think we should visit the college before we visit the alleyway. I want to see yeah. a little more about this professor. Yeah, I agree. This is um, seems really petty and stupid. So, yeah, let's yeah. just go see if this guy really sort of deserves it, and then we can figure it out from there, huh? You know where the community college is better than us? I mean, you're yeah. wearing the Nicomoy Community College exactly. <laughs> logo, so... Yeah, it's Have not you ever far, heard fellow. of this professor? Uh, yeah, like I, I said, I, I feel like I've heard his name, but I, I can't tell where. So, you know, I probably have just seen it around. But uh, no, I, I, have, I don't think I've had a class with him or anything. So, yeah. All right. I think okay. our next... Let's go have finish our lunch and then head to the community college then. Sounds good. I grab, good some, I grab some more cake <laughs> to bring it in. <laughs> Those girls clean up fast, don't they? Oh, yeah. Is the cake gone? Okay, never mind. It's in the dumpster that you're standing next to. Never mind. I'm not taking cake out of a dumpster. Okay. All right. Then, uh, do we finish our lunch then? Yep. Well, it's it's one gold for as much as you can eat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of crepe. And you can eat a lot of crepes as you learn over the course of, I'm going to say that happened from 12 to 2 p.m., all of that, the meeting Vince, talking to Vince, eating unlimited crepes. Mm-hmm. By the time 2 p.m. rolls around, you're very, very full. Oh, and I should say that Yutung did eventually come out from under the table. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm guessing we've already decided we're heading to the community college. Yeah, let's walk it off. 2 p.m. Nikimui Community College is comprised of three large buildings on two city blocks. A female anago, an eel-headed person with a fin ridge instead of hair, is sitting on a bench waiting outside the largest lecture building. She looks like she's waiting for someone. Uh, do we recognize this person as Brooke? Yes. Okay. I say, hey, Brooke. She looks up from her hands that she had been fiddling with and says, oh, yeah. Ah, from earlier, Nesgrax, wasn't it? Yeah, Nesgrax. Well done. It's pretty close. I didn't know you took classes here. You, you, uh... Oh, your sweatshirt. Right, right. Yeah. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a wizard school necromancy, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But, uh, hey, listen, we were, um, 
We're looking for uh, another professor here. His name is uh, Quentin Joff. You don't happen to know uh, a Quentin Joff, do you? I am sitting here waiting for my son. I bet he would know. Oh, okay. Do you want to wait with me and you can ask him? Because I'm sorry, I don't know, but he might. Yeah, sure. Okay. Don't mind. Will he be here soon? Yeah, he should be here anytime. His Great. class, she like checks her watch and she's like, his class lets out at 2.30. Okay, so like half an hour then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're we're not bothering her, are we? Like, she looked really bored before you walked up. Okay, good. So you have a son, huh? Oh gosh, yeah. He's nineteen. His name is Russ. You know, very cute little finridge on his little head. Oh. He's studying applied mathematics. She. Oh gosh, she tells you so much about him. Hmm. Forgive me for saying so. You seem you seem much too young to be the mother of a son who's is in college. Ah, shucks. She like does an awkward hand gesture. <laughs> Probably all the yoga she does. It must be that mm. yoga. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So you guys have. I don't know if relationship points is a thing in this game. It's probably not. But you you are no longer strangers. Now you're those people she sat with on a bench and met in her morning yoga. Yeah. Okay. And yes, relationship points do actually count in Dungeons and Dragons. I've been preparing for a campaign that is uses relationship points. So uh Ooh. Yeah, you have some relationship points. Yay. She tries to pet Chook. Yeah, Chook is too full of food now to do anything but sit on the backpack. Ah, <laughs> uh, sleepy chicken. Ah, <laughs> uh, and it is now two okay. thirty. Okay, so, do we see Brooke? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, do we see your son? She looks around. If you guys want to do a perception check, you're looking for an eel-headed nineteen-year-old who studies applied <sighs> mathematics. He has a fin ridge instead of hair. Yeah, a total of eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nine. Ten. <laughs> you guys do not see him. It is now 2.40. Oh. Uh, Brooke, I, I thought you said your son would be getting out at uh, 12.30. It, it, he, he seems late. Or 2.30, sorry. She sighs. Hmm, her forehead wrinkles. Maybe he's just staying late for something. Everyone... Do another perception check. Students walking all around. Oh, much better. 18. Eight. Nine. <laughs> Cliff and Nesgrax, you don't see an eel-headed person. Tornin, you don't see an eel-headed person. It is now 2.50. What do you do? Uh... Well, look, I mean, we don't want to take up any more of your time, Brooke. Uh, we can always go uh, ask someone else about uh, Quinton, like one of these other students that are leaving. Uh, before we do that, uh, Brooke, um, uh, I know we had, we, we, you didn't really want to talk about it earlier, but the yoga mat on the beach, the, the extra one, uh, who, who was that for? She thinks and she thinks, and then it looks like she's getting a headache. So she wrinkles her eyebrows shakes her head a little bit and goes, oh, I'm sure it was just me losing track of things. You know how you are before coffee. Yep. Gotcha. 
guys, maybe we should go see if we can just look inside the lecture hall for, for Brooke and see if we can spot her son. See if maybe he's lagged behind. Maybe he got in trouble with the teacher. Who knows? Sure. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good good for that. All right. See you in a minute, Brooke. I'm sure your son's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Now she's worried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so at 3 p.m., I have you guys exploring the Nikamui Community College buildings. You're walking inside a large lecture hall. There's a bunch of chairs. There's a bunch of students in the chairs. There's an open area where people are milling and whispering and, like, being polite, studying. Actually, Nesgrex, you're quite familiar. This is your campus. Yeah. You know people here, actually. I start pointing to people. Hey, Sam. What's up, Trent? (laughs) Phil, give me five. Bill gives you five, and he's like, hey, Nesgrex. Okay, so do we see any... uh, People that look sort of like uh, our new friend. <laughs> Perception check. Yes. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Nine. Yeah. yeah, this is awful. Eight. Oh, sorry. I wasn't looking. <laughs> None of you see one. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, is, this is sad. How mm-hmm. about, like, are there any goat, goat people like Quinton mm. with flat caps? I'll look for that. All right. Based on, I'll just tell you guys, no. <laughs> you just did a roll, so I'm not going to like make you roll again. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm just going to, if Bill is still there, I'm just going to say to oh, Bill, yeah. hey, Bill, have you ever heard of a Quentin Joff? I really want to do Bill and Ted, like Bill's voice. <laughs> like, excellent. I can't do it. I love that voice so much. He has Professor Q for his magical animal harvesting class that teaches you how to harvest parts from magical animals to make magical supplies. And he says, didn't you know that class got canceled today? Say what? Oh. Yeah, all the afternoon classes for Professor Q are canceled. Everything afternoon. Oh, weird. Okay. Huh. Hey, do you know if he has any morning classes? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Cheers, dude. <laughs> yeah, and he high fives you again and heads out to yeah. surf. <laughs> He's got the afternoon off. Like. Yeah. Um, okay. Guys, I think we need to go back to Brooke and let her know we, we couldn't find Russ. Yeah, I'm starting to get slightly worried. Um, some. Uh, all right. It It does feel like people are disappearing, right? Yeah. Are you getting that feeling? Maybe it's just intuition here, but... I'm getting that vibe. Mm. Yes, it does feel like people are disappearing. Or perhaps Vince and Quinton are the same person, and so he doesn't have afternoon classes now because he works at that crepe place. (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) Dude. Whoa. Then why would he hire us to beat him up? Whoa. (laughs) Why would he? Yeah. Fight club. <laughs> why why would he secure a job <laughs> as a <laughs> as a prep chef and a waiter? And then <laughs> also say that the other guy who is also him stole his job. Huh. Unless this guy has split know. personality or something, we're that's just uh 
And then he wants us to bring him his hat back. So maybe it's just a quest for a lost hat, and he's just too shy to admit (laughs) that he lost his hat. Oh. This is... uh... We're going in circles here, guys. (laughs) I admit that I'm basing this purely off the fact that they're both goat people with floppy ears, and, and that's just from descriptions I've heard. They might look distinctly different. Now who's the racist? <laughs> well, I was never going to try and handle him like an animal. I handled him <laughs> like a person with a hard love hug. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here, let's go talk to Brooke, and then, you know, we'll, we'll investigate further. Um, so I head back out, and I, I go look for Brooke. She's still sitting on the bench. Hey, Nesgrax. Hey, Brooke. Uh, sorry, we, we looked everywhere. We couldn't find uh, Russ. Uh, we were just wondering mm-hmm. if you knew if there's any place that he hangs out. Maybe he forgot you were going to meet him after class and ducked out. He wasn't in his class? Uh, we didn't see him there, no. Oh. Hmm. But we wouldn't have because we went after his class had finished. Yeah. He's supposed to have magical animal harvesting with Professor Q, advanced theory, right now. Oh, those were cancelled. Yeah, we've heard they were cancelled. All of the Professor Q afternoon classes, cancelled. Oh, oh, that's why he's not here. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, huh. Can I just ask a, a question? This might seem like a dumb question, Brooke, but are you your own son? <laughs> <laughs> She laughs. You guys have relationship points, so she's she doesn't think you're weird. She thinks you're funny. And um, she's like, oh, you know, oh, gosh, I hope he didn't. Uh, if his classes were canceled, I bet he's hanging out with Ivan. Oh, he's such a bad influence on him. Oh, who's, uh, yeah, who's, who's Ivan? Ivan is an unemployed 26-year-old who hangs out with my son. Oh, I see. Not a good influence. Yeah, no, it's not good. So I... Came here to try to talk him out of hanging out with Ivan, but he probably beat me to it, and he's already hanging out with him right now. Ugh. Ivan you, creeps me out. This Ivan guy sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, what, uh, where, do, do you have any idea where they hang out when they are hanging out? I wish I knew. Not in my, not in the apartment. I can say that. Because Ivan knows he's not welcome. All right. But that'll probably sort itself out soon. I think it will. Oh, why Why do you say that? Oh, I totally hired the fire-breathing kittens to uh, make sure Ivan knows that he's not welcome anymore. So, that problem will be solved soon. Oh, wait. Okay. Time. <laughs> why <are> you? <laughs> something, something. Oh. Yeah, between the time when you guys saw her at nine, I'll just tell you. Um, between 12 and 2, she hired Nulisag to hire you guys to, you know, discourage Ivan from hanging out with mm. Russ. Okay, obviously we, some, another group must have been sent on that one. Um. No, I think, didn't that happen at lunch? Mm-hmm. Yep, when you guys were at Taste Like Crepe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we haven't been back to the Guild Hall, so. Yeah. The job could be there. Hmm. Oh, how do you guys visibly react? Because your faces are betraying some thoughts, right? 
Yeah, I'm confused. My character looks confused. <laughs> well, let's see what your deception check is. Everyone roll a deception and she'll roll an insight. She might roll a five, though, so then it really won't matter. Oh, well, I I got a four. I got a three. <gasps> Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> Tornin, your face is blank as slate, but Cliff and Nesgrax, you both go, huh? When you hear that she hired the fire-breathing kids. <laughs> That's funny, because we are fire-breathing kittens. Oh, wait, what? She says, very confused. I thought you were a Nick and my community college student and his friends. I'm, I'm both. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, listen, Brooke, um, we we are with the guild. We were investigating another job when we met you here at the school. I wondered if we could just kill two birds with one stone here, and maybe you can give us the information on Ivan, and then we can, you know, help you out. Yeah, all right. Sure, gosh, what a small world it is, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Ivan is 26 years old, he's former military, and he's unemployed. And he and my son have been hanging out recently. They were, like, playing games in his room, and, I don't know, it was just too quiet in there. That wasn't, that's not what it sounds like when people are playing games. You know what I mean? So, I just, I don't approve. At 26, he should be, like, hanging out with people his own age. My boy, he's the sweetest thing, and he's only 19, and he does not know how people can be. I don't mean to get, like, racist here, but what race is he? (laughs) (laughs) Roll a persuasion check. Let's see how that goes. 13. Okay. That's above 10. So I'm going to say that because she's not a common race, you know this. You looked around the community college campus. You didn't see any other eel-headed people with fin ridges for hair. So she's aware that she's a minority. She's aware of why you are asking what race this person is so like you didn't win any points with her but she does respond he's a human ah yeah those humans i hate them all right you're a dragonborn (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah not not you guys you guys are cool (laughs) i mean dragonborn an elf and a dwarf you know whatever (laughs) yeah not a human here (laughs) so (laughs) we all get humans yeah they are a bit weird. I yelled at Bill, not you, Bill, you're cool. <laughs> Bill's like, yeah, man. He's got a surfboard now. He's on his way to the beach. <laughs> are you sure he's not weird? <laughs> are you? Am I sure that Bill's not weird? <laughs> yeah. He's a little weird, but in a good way. Why does he keep his surfboard at the college? Because he's Bill. Because it's right next to the ocean, dude. Bill hangs ten. <laughs> Bill, you have a really good sense of hearing. And Bill's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I love you. I just say in a normal voice. And then yeah, you, you didn't hear that. No. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Did we say human? We meant superhuman hearing, Bill. <laughs> All, right. All right. So yeah, it is now 4 p.m. Where do you guys want to go? We got one hour until we have to be at that alleyway if we're going to do that one job. I don't feel comfortable about doing that one job. Yeah, but Quinton's not going to be in the alleyway because he doesn't walk home from work this afternoon because his classes have been cancelled. That's a good point. Yes. 
inspiration point for Cliff's player. Good memory. <laughs> maybe we should go scope the alley before, you know, like maybe, um, what's his name? Vince knew something that we don't. And that's why he told us to go to the alley. Maybe we should scope the alley before five so that we can see if there's like maybe maybe someone setting a trap for us. We don't know. We should be cautious. Okay, so we're going to go to the alley at four to set a trap for the people that are setting a trap for us at five. Yeah. Great. I've got some powers to test out, so this sounds great. Cool. The alley is a narrow passageway between two tall brick buildings. I found a, I find a shadowy corner of the uh, alleyway and blend in. All right, Tornin, do a stealth check. Oh, seriously? That is a, an 11, unfortunately. Yeah, sometimes we roll low. I'm going to transform myself with wild shape into a giant wolf spider, climb halfway up the wall, and then press myself against the wall to hide. Oh my gosh, do a stealth check for being above people's heads. Okay, we've got a giant wolf spider. <laughs> no one ever looks up. <laughs> it's a uh, 16. All right. Uh, Nesgrax, how do you respond to one of your friends... <laughs> Just standing very obviously in a shadow. And another of your friends climbing up halfway and just disappearing into the recesses as a giant spider. I say, uh, guys, I appreciate the effort, but <laughs> it is, we don't, it's not like we see anything right now. I mean, it's, it's good that you're being cautious, but I'm just going to go check it out just like normal, okay? <laughs> You check out the alley. You find bits of garbage, a trash can, and just, you know, normal street litter. The alley is empty, and that's the end of this location for this hour. Sorry, guys. Sometimes there's nothing going on. So it's now 5 p.m. Do you want to stay in the alley, or do you want to head somewhere else? Well, my wild shape runs out after an hour, so I will climb back down and be like, hey, are we waiting here for another hour? Who knows? The professor might show up, so... Let's see. Our job requires us to be here at 5 o'clock in the evening. So if the professor doesn't show up... Mm -hmm. Do you think, are we going to be able to do another location and get back here before 5? It is 5 o'clock. Oh, it is 5 now. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we're not asking... Okay, so... Okay. So it's 5, we're in the alley. We're saying, should we wait here for another hour to see if somebody shows up? I see. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's wait, let's be patient. We'll be like cops. Okay. We'll be on a... Spider form. (laughs) (laughs) It goes back to being a spider. Spider form, spider form. (laughs) All right, you're pretty well hidden with your 16 again. I'm just going to say you get the same thing because it's very... (laughs) No one expects a giant spider above there. So... A female anago, an eel-headed person with a fin ridge instead of hair, walks down the alley. She chooses each step slowly, looking sad and tired, maybe even a bit lonely. In the other direction walk two women. A dawn teeth, a five-foot-tall vampire bat person, who you know is Maeve, is listening as her friend tells a story. The friend is a steam crackle, a construct powered by steam energy that occasionally leaks from between her joints. 
Okay, so that's our the everyone that we've met before. Okay, um, I step out of the shadows towards our f- female friend. <laughs> not the, not Maven. The other, uh, shoot, Brooke. Brooke, yeah. What's go? What's wrong, Brooke? Well, first she's scared because oh wait no, you were standing very obviously in the shadows, so she saw yes. you leaning there. And she goes, <laughs> oh hey Tornin, yeah I. I know his class got canceled, so I'm just heading home. I just... It's been a long day. I see. You seem to be upset about something. Yeah, something doesn't feel right. I just don't know what it is. I know the feeling. This something... Something is very off right now. I bet it's that Ivan... I bet he's taken my son and they're doing something nefarious like spray painting an alley. I came here maybe thinking he would be here, but I don't know. I don't see him. We're here on another job at the moment ourselves. We're going to... It seems like our quarry has vanished, so uh, we'll probably try to find Ivan next. Thank you. I appreciate you protecting my son. If only his father was still alive. Poor Russ. I bet he's just lonely. Oh. We can see Chibi and Maeve as well, right? They're walking in the opposite direction. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So they're like headed towards us. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I say, oh, hey, hey, Maeve. Hey, Chibi. Oh, it's the guys you saw us smashing the cake. That's us. They smile. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have you met our friend Brooke? Uh, hey, Brooke, they say. Well, on our way now. Bye. Not having formed a relationship with them, they just kind of, it's an alley, so it's a little spooky. And they're going to try to keep walking. Fair enough. All right, so we got a human and a, uh, uh, we got two people to track down. Mm-hmm. Any information about where uh, we might find them? You're asking Brooke? Yes. She shakes her eel head sadly, and she's like, All I know is I kicked him out of the apartment. They can't hang out there. I'm just going to go home now. I hope you guys have a, a, you know, good luck. with. Thank you for finding him. Uh, good night. And she continues walking down the alley to her apartment building. I'm just taking all of this in with my many spider eyes from above. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I was, like, waiting for you to talk to them. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> But I didn't get to. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered you were a spider. <laughs> I, so I say to Tornin, Tornin, maybe we should, uh, you know, walk Brooke home, make sure she's safe. Who knows? We might see uh, Ivan or, or Russ on the way. Hey, all right. Sounds like a plan. Uh, what do you think, <laughs> Spidey? Brooke looks up and does a double take. <laughs> I'll just uh, make spidery chittering noises. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, Brooke starts to back away. <laughs> I'll climb down the wall. Oh, shoot. Oh, <clears throat> oh shoot. <laughs> Brooke runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Quick, follow. <laughs> oh, oh, no. In your normal form. <laughs> I'll just do a spider shrug. <laughs> okay, well, that's a negativo on the Did You Escort Brooke home. Okay. <laughs> she sprinted. <laughs> like... uh. Let's follow her, but still just 
you're gonna scare people like that, so might as well uh uh <laughs> change back. Yeah, maybe some stealth would be good now, and we can just sort of yeah see if we can yeah. figure out where she went to. I'd... And I will say, Nesgrex, she heard you say follow her. She did. Yeah, I mean she's far away now. She ran away. Oh she like... oh she heard me say follow. Her. Okay, yeah. You gotcha. Yeah, you said okay. that. Unfortunate. Yeah. I did. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Come on. Let's commit. <laughs> We're stalking this woman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. At six o'clock, you arrive hot on her heels at the apartment complex. Uh, my spider form wears off at that point. <laughs> okay. She slams the door behind her. This is a five story apartment building. From the outside, looking through the windows, it looks like there are about 15 units. The ground floor seems to be a common area. And then now, since you're arriving hot on the heels of Brooke, you see the front door close. Alright. I'm going to try the door, then. The outer front door is unlocked. Okay. This door leads into a small waiting area. The left wall is mailboxes, the right wall is names and buttons. The opposite wall is a locked door. I'm going to look at the names. Hope you've got your pencil ready. Here we go. <laughs> oh. Just looking for the name Brooke right now, but yeah. Brooke's not one of them. Reasonrod, Tolbeck, Farrell, Emil, Aruna, Reno, Everstar, Joff, Dervish, Ridgefield. Harrington, Delvincourt, Fogarty, Devito, Jensen. Uh, I lost you on the last four there. Delvincourt, Fogarty, Devito, Jensen. Oh, hey, guys. Joff. Yeah, let's see if he's in. Joff? What is that? Um, Quinton. Quinton Joff. He's the guy that we were supposed to rough up in the alley. The professor. You're right. Maybe he'll just give us his hat. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, ring the uh, ring the buzzer. See see if he's there. I ring the buzzer. After a pause, a woman's voice answers, and she says, "Hello." Hello. We're looking for Professor Joff. He's sleeping right now. Can I take a message? Uh, we have a delivery for him. Okay, come on up. <laughs> Be. Wow. And, like, the second door unlocks. Okay, I open okay. it. Okay. <laughs> well, that worked a little uh, better than I was expecting. It worked because you knew he was a professor. Ah, ah. Yeah. Uh, Tornin, make sure you remember what the number is. I don't... I, 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 she didn't mention any numbers, so... Uh... Yeah, they're named. They've got name tags. It's a nice little label. There can be numbers okay. if you want there to be. <laughs> okay. Oh, for the delivery, I see. Yeah. Yes, they would have numbers, wouldn't they? Okay. All right. Um, they're numbered in order. So let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Joff is the eighth one. All right. Okay. Well, what are we going to give him as a delivery? <laughs> I have no idea. A wedgie. Oh. You're such a frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him. I'll. I'll pull. I'll, I've got. I've got a. I've got some rope. I could give him a rope. 
I could give him some good berries. A mess. A message, I guess. Uh. All right. Let's just. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. It's a good point. Let's think of a story. Um, we uh, are. Okay. Well, I'm a student, so I can say that. I can say, Professor, I'm a student. Um, this is a thank you gift for all of your magical. This is uh, what? What does he do? He pulls magical animals apart. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. The, we um we can't bring the package up. We need the professor to come down to look at it. Uh, what? Uh, mm, Were okay. you pressing on the button when you said yes, that? Yes, that is okay. correct. Um, it's rather large. It's a little hard to bring up the, into the uh, apartment, and uh, from what the end. Uh, well, it's biological. It seems to be the. Uh, they said it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, she totally understands. This sounds just like something her husband would do. So she laughs. She's like, "Oh, Quentin!" And you, after a small pause, see the door open, and there's a heavily pregnant bipedal goat lady with floppy ears and two stubby horns who opens the door for you, and she's prepared for a large package so her eyes widen in surprise when there isn't one it's me i'm the package (laughs) (laughs) she closes the door again no no i i i i I turn Uh around so that she so and then i turn back and i i've done minor illusion to create as big of a cardboard box as i can with holes cut into it that look like breathing holes Oh, okay. She's like, oh, gosh. Of, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, follow me. I, I'll show you where to take it. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> this thing is stinky. <laughs> oh, yeah, your illusion can be scent, too. That's true. It smells like animal poop. Uh, yeah, okay, like a musk. Let's say a mm-hmm. musk. <laughs> Someone's transporting a beaver. All right, yeah. so you guys are, I guess, ferret? Ooh, a ferret smell. Oof. Yeah. All right. Through the hallways you walk to apartment eight. She okay. opens up the door for you. And I guess, does she want a stinky thing in her apartment? Oh, she's so mad at him. <laughs> she goes, you can well, set it down there. This is what happens when you got people that dig apart dead animal carcasses. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, um, Mrs. Joff, I, I would love to just set it down, um, except for uh, I have been given very specific instructions that are very technical and I have to tell them to uh, Professor Joff personally before we leave. Oh, I see. Well, I mean, he was sleeping and he didn't look like he was feeling very good. Are you sure this can't wait? I'm afraid it's of the utmost importance. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm imagining that the thing inside the box makes an illusionary sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes this sound. Okay. Yeah, well, she doesn't want it loose in her house. I mean, if it's unattended, that'd be bad. So she, she goes to the bedroom. You hear her say, Quentin. And then you hear... <laughs> And she's like, oh, your cough's getting really bad. Are you sure we can't get that looked at? And Quentin goes, I'm fine. I just need to sleep. 
And she goes, well, there's some people out in the living room with a delivery for you. It looks like another one of your animals. And Quentin goes, <laughs> I can't right now. I'm too tired. Just leave it there. It's fine. Okay. Can, can I have a quick look around to see if I can see the flat cap? Sure. It's hanging on a hook next to the door. Uh, While she's in the other room, I'm just going to grab it. All right. And stuff it up my top. Do a sleight of hand to let's see when she comes back into the room. <laughs> so if this is high. Then... Uh, 15. Yep. You did it before she comes back in the room. So I'm going to do a perception check on her, but she's not really looking for the hat right now. So it's going to be a high DC. Yeah, she does not notice that the hat is gone. Okay. He's a bit tired right now. Um, He doesn't, he seems like he's a bit sick. Can you just leave it there? Yes, I think we can. Thanks. But don't touch it. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. I want to keep these fingers. Great. Thanks, Mrs. J. Uh, good luck with the pregnancy. Thanks. Uh, you guys, you boys have a good night. <laughs> she yep. says boys to the one who's college aged, which is Nesgrex. <laughs> All right. She's going to realize. Okay. I, uh, so I step outside. I follow. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. And there you are from six to seven. You spent it at the apartment complex. She's going to realize something's up when that package disappears. Yeah, well, we're gone. <laughs> so, and hey, look, I got the hat. That's all Vince wanted. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yep. And Quinton's already roughed up. He's sick. So, job done. <laughs> Nature roughed him up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find Ivan, and then. Uh... It is now seven p.m. Where do you guys want to be? I think it's dinner time, isn't it? Crepes. I tell you what, we could go check out the market, see if there's any uh, food stalls around. Uh, you know, we could get something, um, you know, a little yeah, bit the more. Market. Yeah, ethnic. The market's the only place we haven't been to yet, so. Go check it out. Come yeah. with me. Cool. I'm still uncomfortable. There's something very strange is going on, but. Mm hmm. How fun, an outdoor market. A long, covered walkway shelters vendors and their wares. Crowds mill in the aisle between stalls. One shop in particular draws your eye. A leather-working and magical animal parts processing shop staffed by a human-sized starfish. Animal parts processing. I walk up. Do you happen to know a Professor Joff? Okay, so you walk up. But um, you see as you walk up to the starfish that on the other side of it, it has a face and it's like facing someone and interacting with them. Oh, okay. A male capra, a bipedal goat with floppy ears and two small horn stubs, admires a leather jacket. How much? He asks the vendor, the starfish person. The starfish person writes on a chalkboard, 400 gold. <sighs> 400 gold, yells the goat man indignantly. That's outrageous. Can I haggle? The shopkeeper writes, Dragon leather. Sorry. As a starfish, it's difficult to tell their expression. The goat's expression, however, is easy to interpret. He clearly cannot afford the jacket and is very upset. The goat man angrily rehooks the leather jacket on the display and storms away in a huff. Was that uh, the uh, chef? 
Or was it another goat man? Do you remember that chef's name? Vince. Yeah, was that Vince? That was Vince. Well, we should talk to him. Yeah. We've got his flat cap. Yeah. Okay, so as he storms away, he walks past you guys. Hey, Vince. Oh, I, it's you. Uh, if you don't recognize me, I give him a hug. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the fire-breathing kitten again. Hi. Hey, we, we did that job. Here's the flat cap. Oh, good job. He accepts the flat cap from you and says, yeah, I paid Nula already, so your, your money should be in your accounts now. I'll clear the approval. And just so that you guys know, you do have the money in your account now. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Hey, Vince, do you strike me as the kind of guy that knows Ivan's? Do you know an <laughs> Ivan? My uncle's name is Ivan. Is he a human? No, he's like me. He's a Capra. Oh. We're trying to find a young man and a eel person. Really, I don't know. The, I don't remember the name of the species that have gone missing. Oh, well, good luck with that, I guess. He heads off. 400 gold. Pfft. He stomps his way down the, down the market. <laughs> he is so bitter. I tap the starfish man on the shoulder. <laughs> uh, okay. The starfish is non-gendered. They divide by fission. <laughs> True. They turn around. Are you familiar with a Professor Geoff? The starfish erases. They've got this wet rag nearby. And they erase the chalkboard and then dry it off. And writes, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh. Do you know what's wrong with him? He seems to have come down sick. Oh, Starfish holds up a sign that says sorry again. Hmm. All right. I'm perusing the wares a little and just looking around. Okay. Wait, was was he saying sorry that he's heard that the professor is sick or sorry he doesn't know that the professor is sick? Sorry that the professor is sick. Okay. Okay. So, so you don't know anything about why the professor would be sick? Hmm. The starfish erases the sorry... And slowly writes out the word consumption. Oh. Something he ate. <clears throat> okay. Interesting. Thank you. You haven't happened he... to... Sorry, go ahead. Where, what did he eat? Do you know? <laughs> the starfish shakes the sign that says consumption. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, is that the... I think, I think it's an old-time way of saying, like, black lung. Yeah, he has the oh. consumption. The starfish nods. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, that's very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, you haven't happened to see uh like an eel boy with a sleazy-looking human man around, have you today? <laughs> The starfish erases consumption and writes, yes. Oh, where? When, when, yeah, when and where? (laughs) The starfish erases yes and writes, here, and then I will, as the DM tell you, it happens between 12 and 2. That's when they met. (laughs) Great. Any idea where they are right now? The starfish erases here, 12 and 2, and writes, no. 
You know what? I bet they would permanently write yes and no in one corner of the board and just leave that every time and just point to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You have some good wares here. The starfish smiles with its, like, <sighs> this is difficult. <laughs> with his it's eyes. a difficult expression to read, but we assume it's a smile. Oh, yeah. I know. It takes the tips of its two arms and it turns them up a little bit. Like, yay. Oh, okay. There we go. Starfish smile. <laughs> All right. Um, great. Hey, are there any good eating places here, Starfish? The starfish writes out, tastes like crepe. <sighs> oh. <laughs> and then draws a stack of crepes. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty good place. Anywhere else? The starfish keeps drawing that stack of crepes, and it's getting more and more lifelike and delicious looking. <laughs> Why are you working in retail? You have serious <laughs> talent as an artist. <laughs> oh, the starfish like um, points at the leather jackets where there's some intricate leather work and stamping. This is a $400 dragon leather jacket. And they are like, you know, clearly showing you their art. Mm, oh, wow. Okay. You're really talented. Yeah. Uh, starfish smile again. <laughs> what are you doing later? Um, Starfish points to a sign that says the market closes at 8. It is currently 7.30. Do you want to hang out at, like, the beach or the park? Ooh, yeah. Uh, The Starfish points to yes and is going to start packing up. And at 8, if you'd like to go with them to the beach or the park, they would go with you. (laughs) The beach is probably the Starfish's preferred location. Yeah, I like the beach. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, So they write... Um, they write Lauren and point to themselves, L-O-R-I-N. And then they say they write beach because they like the beach. <laughs> I was going to call you Patrick. And is that where you guys are heading at eight? I guess. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm going. Aw, yeah, you have to do everything together today. Okay, on to the beach at 8 p.m. Also, oh, it's... <clears throat> I wonder, an eel boy, I mean, that would be a... Place to probably find them, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you've heard before that the beach of Nikimoy is a white, sandy expanse that slopes downward from a grassy lawn up a hill down to the water. And now, at 8 p.m., an ocean sunset. A human man sits on the sand facing the water, his arm pulling his knees up to his chest. Tears stream down his cheeks. Uh oh. How old does this man appear to be? He appears to be 26 years old. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you Ivan? He startles as you walk up to him and ask him that question. He looks up and up into the elf Tornin's face and says, Uh, yeah, wiping his cheeks off briefly. We're trying to find Russ. Do you know where he is? Who? He asks in genuine confusion. Oh. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's just double check. Russ, he's an eel boy. He's a student at NCC. His mother's name is Brooke. Ivan's facial features do not change as you make this list, as if he does not recognize the person you're talking about. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no. As he looks at you, tears continue to stream down his face, and he wipes them away. Ivan, what's wrong? He sniffles. 
I, gosh, I I don't know, but I can't stop crying. Ah, uh, okay. Does it feel like uh, like an emptiness, like a loss? <laughs> Nesgrax. <laughs> yes, it does, Nesgrax. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, Ivan sniffles and says, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why I'm crying. Yeah. Tell me, Ivan. This is... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to introduce our other friend here, Lauren. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, hi, Lauren. This is Ivan. Um... <laughs> Poor Lauren. Lauren is... <laughs> Lauren was so excited to, like, go to the beach. And <laughs> Lauren waves awkwardly behind you guys with one starfish hand. It's just the point at the end of the start, but it's got lots of little, like, feelers on it. Hey, Lara, why don't you go over there and start building a sandcastle and we'll be over in like a couple of minutes. Just uh, our friend here is crying. I don't want to do a comic relief moment, but I do want to imagine Lauren the starfish just flopping down on the sand and slowly <laughs> walking into the water. <laughs> Not to make light of what Ivan is going through, but... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, bye, Lauren. Lauren just kind of like... Stops right at the water's edge, where every now and then a little bit of water washes over them. <laughs> Lauren waves. <laughs> Sorry about that, Ivan. You're, you're clearly going through something. Ivan's like, I, I'm not though. I, I don't. Nothing bad has happened. Ivan, when did you stop to feel like this? Six, just recently. Hmm. Where were you? I was in the park. At six o'clock. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know why. I've just I haven't been able to stop crying since six. I've, uh, come on. He slaps his cheeks, which I'm sure will make a horrible sound on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and brings some color to his cheeks and stiffens his back. And it's like, no, it's it's nothing. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ivan, do you ever hang out with people from the college? Sometimes I eat lunch there. Did Mm. you eat lunch there today? No, I... And then, like, he gets this confused look on his face. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I ate lunch there today. Yeah. I had a sandwich. They have really Uh, nice student discount sandwiches. It's like a subsidized program or something. What sort was that? Sorry to interrupt you, I know that's rude, but... Um, he stops halfway in his sentence and answers you. Yeah, what was your question? Uh, what time did you have your sandwich at the college? At two. And you guys know that you were there at two and you didn't see him there? Hmm. Go ahead and make an insight check on him to see if he's lying. Uh, that is a 19. Yeah. A 13 from me? 12. <laughs> Nesgrax, you just, there's a starfish slowly moving into the ocean over there. <laughs> like, whoa, man. <laughs> uh, the other two think that he's telling the truth. But weirdly, you know that he's not. But he seems to be telling the truth. But you know that he's not. Because you were there. And you didn't see him. Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> Something weird is going on here. I'll say. Hey, hey, sorry. Uh, another thing I just remembered. Our friend Lauren, who you can see over there, said... That they saw you at 12? 
at the market? He shakes his head and he's like, no, that's not right. I was on my way to lunch at 12. Hmm. And again, he seems to be telling the truth. He thinks he's telling the truth. But we can tell that he's lying, but he's telling the truth, but he's, oh. <laughs> the player is <laughs> holding their head. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I write bad d d <laughs> The player's dying. <laughs> oh, okay, this one's... <sighs> hey, Ivan, do you want to build a sandcastle with us? That always cheers me up when I'm sad for no reason. Aw, he will totally build a sandcastle with you. And that is how you spend from 8 to 9 p.m. That's so cute. You build a sandcastle. <laughs> I do really love the beach. Like, the beach is great. <laughs> and the sun slowly sets onto the water. Aw, so it is 9 p.m. And the sun is, with the light reflecting off the water, still not completely down yet. The sky is red. Where do you guys want to be at 9 p.m.? You can stay here until 10, or you can go to another location. By the way, you have until midnight, so until the clock strikes one before the day ends. Hmm. Well, guys. So there, yeah, so go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, was, I was just like, so we know uh, uh, at a kind of metagaming level, there are three events, bad things that we could intervene with. And so it seems likely that Russ not existing is one of them that we should try and make him keep existing or start existing again. I think the Maybe. professor is another one of those three events. I don't think it... Him getting sick. Yes. And there's got to be something going on with Maeve and Chibi and the wedding cake and all that. That all is weird. <laughs> Yeah, who spends 900 gold on a wedding cake just to smash it because they reckon they're never going to get married. Yeah. Well, um, Chibi, Chibi and Maeve do. So, guys, listen, I'll tell you what we could do. Um, why don't we head back down to the hall? We'll talk to Nulisag, and we'll see if he remembers Russ. Or if the flyer, if there's a flyer there from Brooke. Because she that, put it, she told us she put it up earlier. Yeah, that's now, a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Before we go, we should just finish finish the job. So I, I, I point at Ivan and I say, "Stay away from Russ. You hear me? Stay away from him. Stay away from <laughs> Russ, or we're gonna kill you. You understand?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> he starts okay. crying again. <laughs> and I kick the sandcastle. <laughs> Oh, Nurse Cracks, I was trying to build a nice relationship with this clearly distressed young man. I'm a mercenary. This is what I do. Okay. Sorry, Ivan, it's only business. We had to make you feel better so we could make you feel worse again. <laughs> okay, Ivan is military trained. He's uh -oh. got muscles. His back holds itself tall and strong. But he slumps uh -oh. his head into his hands and just weeps. Like, you guys didn't make him this sad. <laughs> Something is making him very, very sad. And he can't figure it out either, which is making him sadder. <laughs> it's like it's the worst sunset he's ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I just, I pat him on the back. I say, sorry. I, it's nothing personal. It's just business. It's just a job. He, All right? he flinches. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry, man. Okay, let's go. Yeah, have Gosh. a good berry. 
<laughs> he accepts your good berry. <laughs> he just eats it with his tears, making everything taste bad. Okay, at nine o'clock, you guys are at the guild hall. <sighs> I'm gonna take the guild board, the job board. Mm-hmm. There are no job flyers. But wait, <sighs> I'm going to Nulisag's office. Yeah, I'm coming with you. Nulisag. Hi, Tornin. <laughs> Was a another flyer brought here earlier from a ill woman? No. What the? We were mm. told that an ill woman brought a flyer here, so no one brought made a put a job board up. Sorry, can't say anyone did. Oh. Thank you very much. Anytime, Tornin. <sighs> Brooke didn't bring the flyer here. But she said she did. Yeah, I know. Ask him Something's about Something's not adding up. Let's ask him about Vince. Let's see if Vince brought, you know, wanted to put up a flyer, you know, for the Quentin job. You remember that flyer from the goat person, right? Vince Copey. He seems like bad news. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we so we're not going crazy. We just <laughs> my poor players i promise this makes sense once you're on the dm side it's like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh listeners and players you don't know this but i have a full one page version calendar that was me showing the players from very very far away of where everyone is at all hours during the day so it That's, does make sense i promise I'm, I'm slowly filling in a spreadsheet with all of this information <laughs> D&D, the spreadsheet game. <laughs> Make math fun. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, thank you, Nesgrax. We'll wow. talk to you later. Yeah, his name is Nulisag. I'm Nesgrax. <laughs> his right. poor head I'm can't sorry. handle that right now. <laughs> hey, Right now, too much could... information is going through my head. I yeah. Got... It's that meme where you're looking up into like the middle distance and there's equations over your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We did conveniently like stalk Brooke back to our apartment. So we could go there and just ring all the buzzers and see if we can find her. Yeah, I wish we asked for her last name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we met her this morning. Oh, hey, you know something? I remember the name... Devito. I think I met a, a detective named Devito uh, recently. Maybe if we ring his buzzer, he can uh, point us to um, Brooke. If we just say, hey, do you know the eel lady who lives in your building? I mean, if he's a detective, then he, you know, maybe we should just run this all by him. Yeah, good thinking. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's check out the old apartment building then. I guess we're going back to the apartment building. Mm-hmm. Okay, an inspiration point for Nesgrax. Now you've all Ooh. gotten one because <laughs> that is the name of a detective. Holy cow! Good job. Like, I had to look <laughs> that up. That's what I was doing. Gnomish I, detective uh, inspector and operational director of the DGS. Yeah, I thought that detective. was. <laughs> intentional holy cow <laughs> I, th I thought you were throwing in like people we would know they like, are indeed all fire breathing kittens characters oh okay so you guys are heading over at 10 p.m to the apartments Ooh, 
Uh, mm, this is awkward. As you walk up to the apartments, there is it, the sun has now set because it is 10 p.m. Um, it's fully dark, and there are flashing red and blue lights outside the apartment complex. Uh oh. As if the authorities were here because something had happened. I hold up my my sleeve of my shirt to show the ba- the badge of the fire breathing kittens. What's going on, officer? Some people in uniforms and an ununiformed gnome greet you as if they worked together. Fire breathing kittens, says yes, the gnome. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> fire breathing kittens, an elf, a dragonborn. And a dwarf, arrest them! And the uniforms run at you. Ah. What did we do? Everybody roll initiative. Oh, we made a false delivery. Uh, true. But it went away. It should have gone away after a minute. Uh. Initiative. <laughs> well, that's better than I was anticipating. Fifteen. Nine. Oh. Uh, 14. Can anyone explain what we did? (laughs) The officers each reach you first, because they got a surprise round on you, kind of, and roll a 23 to grapple Cliff, a 21 to grapple Tornin, and a 5 to grapple Nesgrax. (laughs) Nice. Um, yeah, the only way I'm gonna get out of that is if I crit... (sighs) <sighs> so Tornin's successfully grappled. Cliff, are you successfully grappled? I am. Okay, Nesgrax, does a five successfully grapple you? What do I check that against? Is that my armor class? Roll a athletics. strength check. Yeah. Oh, a strength check. Athletics, mm-hmm. sorry. Or, or yeah, acrobatics. Yeah, your strength modifier on your, yeah. Gotcha. 17. Yeah, <laughs> so you are not grappled. Not grappled. One of the officers eats dirt. <laughs> Uh, All right, so Tornin and Cliff, I'm going to take you out of the initiative because they are handcuffing you. And magical handcuffs are kind of created to stop people from successfully fighting their way out of them. Nesgrax, it's your turn. Uh, Okie dokie. I am going to cast darkness. <laughs> Read the spell. Okay, so a magical darkness. Uh, spreads from a point I choose fills a 15 foot radius sphere uh, lasts for up to 10 minutes it spreads around corners a creature with dark vision can't see through this non-magical light can't illuminate it uh, let's see yeah yeah that, that's all the stuff that's all the important stuff <laughs> alright so. that is some intense magical darkness you've got there yeah. Once you've got the darkness up, are you going to flee or uh, fight? No, I'm going to fight. Okay. There is an officer of the law within five feet of you, prone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cast that for your turn? Yeah. Is, that, that, is there that'll, anything else yeah, you're going to... No, that'll be my turn. I'm not... Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. On their turn, the other officers are handcuffing Tornin and Cliff, and the one next to you stands up. That takes their turn. They don't see you or anyone around them, so they they spend their turn making like hand gestures in the darkness, okay. feeling for you. Um, let me see if they. It would take a pretty high DC for them to touch you. 
But they were pretty close to you. No, they don't. So they're doing that. Yeah, what's around me? Mm-hmm. And we're back to your turn. My turn. Oh, yeah, because they're, <laughs> they're standing up now. Yeah. Okay, cool. I am going to do a... Yeah, so I'm going to use my chromatic orb. This might be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> you, That's you not also, statement. You also can't see them because you are also in magical darkness. Yes, true. Um, okay, I'll tell you what. I I can do ray of sickness. It lashes up. <laughs> you have to see the person. Uh, let's see. It doesn't actually say you need to see the person. It just say a creature within range. Make a range spell attack. Do you have to? I guess you have to see someone to make a range spell attack, don't you? Does it say components V S M etc etc? It Does says it say yeah. It says V, v and S. Okay, V so, means visual. verbal, verbal, right? yeah, verbal and somatic. V is yeah. verbal. So you have to talk. You have to do some hand motions. So you can't be restrained. Uh huh. And then yeah, it's within range. So uh-huh. no, you don't have to see them for that spell. Okay. But and they they can't see you. You can't see them. So it's a straight roll, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, because they have disadvantage. Because they can't see, but you have disadvantage because you can't see. So it cancels out, and you just make a ranged spell attack, which is... Um, Very good. Normal, yeah. Okay, I will do that. That is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> it bounces off something and makes... Was it a chromatic orb? Uh, no, this was Ray of Sickness. Ray of... S- <laughs> oh, gosh. Someone two alleys over vomits. Because <laughs> it like, just bounces. It's a ray and it just like, bounces. Oh, gosh. Is that the end of your turn? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to step out of the darkness. Oh, okay. On which side of it? The apartment side or the way you came side? The way I came side. Okay. All right, the officer's turn. They're going to continue to fumble in the darkness. They do not reach you. It's now your turn again. Okay. Um, I am going to... I want to free my friends. Your friends have been loaded. It's three turns. Your your friends have been loaded into the back of a police station wagon. Oh, okay. Well, in that case... (laughs) Which is guarded by ten police officers. Gotcha. I'm just saying it was all uh, Nez cracks. He he was the master. He made us deliver the package. <laughs> a pregnant woman is crying. Hmm. Nim. Her name Wait. is Nim, by the way. Nim. What is she crying for? And you can see a body being carried out of the building with a sheet over it on a stretcher. Okay, we had nothing to do with that. What the heck? He was alive when we saw him last. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> we only stalked the woman that lived here once. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. The last time you saw Brooke, she was running away from you as as you shouted, follow her in an alley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Brooke points to you and says, it was them. <laughs> so who is she, po- is she pointing to? to uh, your friends. To my friends. She doesn't see me. No. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I, I'm going to book it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> 
Okay, and then since the party split up, can I have that? I know we were technically going to go until 1 a.m., but um, <laughs> that does seem like quite the ending for your first time through the time. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Nesgrax turns and flees down the alley. Cliff, the <laughs> Cliff and Tarnan get arrested as... <laughs> Brooke, the eel-headed lady, goes, he was a spider, and he was... <laughs> and the pregnant lady, Nim, goes, it was some kind of box, and I don't know what it, what it was, but once it was loose in the apartment, it killed my, my husband. And then Wait. the... We, it was, he got, how did it get... The, uh, 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 I can uh, only uh, imagine that's what happened. His, his face was covered in blood that he had coughed up. It was horrible. <laughs> it's okay, Torn, and I can get out of this later. You guys spend the next two hours being processed and booked into the police station, but then as we zoom in on the clock, it goes from 12.59 to 1 o'clock, and then it spins and takes you back around to 9 a.m., and that is where we are going to leave part one of this adventure your first day through. <laughs> that was a fantastic first time. <laughs> Joining us this time were Tornin. I have a headache. <laughs> Nesgrax. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was the one-armed man. <laughs> and Cliff. I'm, I can just be a spider anytime I like. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. You can subscribe to receive new episodes through your podcast player or by visiting firebreathingkittenspodcast.com or finding us on YouTube. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Yes, that's right. You really can own a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please, share it with them. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. You can find more adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, all one word, podcast. That's right, you can curl up with a good book based on one of our podcast episodes. The authors do a really great job of adapting them into fun novels. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Joining us again are... Nesgrax. Hey, I got away from the cops. Cliff. Wow, I had a really strange dream. And Tornin. Yeah, I... This is gonna be an odd one. <laughs> Everybody, please roll a d20. I got an 11. 10. <laughs> Three. All right. The number that I'm holding up to the camera that the podcast listeners can't see is a 19. Who's the closest to 19? All right. So we received a job on the jobs flyers board to beat up a half goat person by another goat person that worked in a local restaurant. <laughs> These two obviously spent some time butting heads over their job <laughs> at the uh, um, at the college, which one the the one that was the chef wanted, and the one that was the professor obviously already had. Um, 
After a bit of investigation and a near fight in the restaurant, we began to hunt down information about the professor. Also, we did encounter a woman with part eel looking for her son, who we'd also earlier met on the beach. Um, we unfortunately found out that the professor was out for the day and later found out that he was quite sick. After also scaring the woman half to death with a large spider form, um, we found that the boy of the, uh, the eel woman, or the person he was supposed to be with, had no idea who he was, the, the person was, and we kind of got arrested by the cops. They kind of got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which seems to be a little normal for occasionally for the fire-breathing kittens. Or my characters in particular. <laughs> Alright. I have sent you all a list of your first day. At 9am you're at the beach, 10am you're at the park, etc, etc. So that's in the message window. Okay. Thank you. Do you guys want to discuss your theories and plan out your next day? I think that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. I wake up in the park in a tree, like my, my character's usual uh, sleeping location. All right. It's 8 a.m. Yeah. and the other two meet you at the park like they did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I got arrested last night, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty sure you and Cliff got arrested. I got away. Sorry to... Was that last night? Certainly felt yeah. like it. I don't, but this is—it's a weird, it's a weird one. Yeah, last time this happened to me, it was—it felt. I think it was like virtual reality. But how are we? So, um, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on. Okay, so look, let's just let's. I know that this is a normal reaction to have to time resetting itself. Let's just get past it emotionally. Okay. <laughs> Time time is resetting itself. Do I see a steam automaton and a bat person running around the track? It is 8 a.m., so you do not. Okay. It's before. We're in the before times. Okay. Let's, before let's, times. let's just look. Okay. Assuming yesterday is today and mm-hmm. that the same sort of things are going on. Uh, mm-hmm. So it seems to be uh, like my my druidic intuition is letting me know that's what's going on, right? So mm-hmm. if we take every day as it comes, we've got an advantage on this day because we've already had it. Yes, exactly. So we know as long as we don't chase down Brooke and like say we're stalking her and deliver that box, we won't be arrested by the end of the day. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. No reason to do that again. We should probably still pick but up. I think we flyer from the guild hall. Uh, um, but yeah, I think it would be a good idea to try and meet Russ if he exists, right? And the prof- yeah. and the professor before yeah. he goes to co- the college. And you think we should get to the professor before he gets to the college? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, we also need to figure out what this um, Maeve and Chibi people are up to, because they keep popping up, but they don't seem... To, we, we don't know what their 
real story is. Well, they'll be here in about an hour, if we remember, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think they'll be here. Yeah, they'll leave at about ten. Yes. So if we're here, yeah, around nine, then we should be able to see them. But if we want to see the professor before he gets to the college, then think- we know he's off at noon. We might have to... I, he went home. I hate to say this, but I think we might have to split up. DM ruling, this is the only adventure you cannot split up. <laughs> well, I'll just try and wander in this direction. You try that, and then you wake up at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, the professors... They, we, I, I get the impression that the, the professor's going to be around the college at least until noon so since we're already at the park perhaps we can just keep an eye on Maeve and Chibi here and then immediately go over to the NCC okay and we also know that that Vince and Russ were apparently at the market between 12 and 2 and that Brooke was meant to be at the fire breathing kittens hall between 12 and 2 mm-hmm I don't think we ever need to see Vince again well, we know that Brooke was not at the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall between that, at that time. I mean, do we... Because she never dropped off a flyer. Well, that doesn't mean she oh. wasn't there. Good point, but time has reset itself. Perhaps the people who... So, look, she... The, the flyer wasn't there because Russ got, um, you know, erased from existence. So at six, so so maybe time has reset itself, and now anybody who has disappeared is is back in this on this day. Yes. So I think we we need to try to see if we can find Russ at the market between twelve and two. Why y'all wait that long? We can go to the apartments and see if we can catch him before. Yeah, but he'll be heading to college to go to classes in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think? Should should we try should we if we go to the apartments now, we might be able to catch Professor Quinton and Russ. True. At the same time. Surely. Guys, I got a I got an I got a thought. Hmm? What if Brooke No, no, what if uh Russ was meant to be the second uh, yoga mat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Could be. Could be. But Brooke remembered, didn't remember why she put out the yoga mat, but did remember she was meant to pick up Russ from the college. Yeah. She did mention her husband being dead. So she might just be grief-stricken. Okay. Maybe the family has a vanishing condition. (laughs) (laughs) Just them. Okay. So, yeah. Should we just go for it? Should should we go to the apartment building and see if we can catch these guys? But I think if we go to the apartment building, we'll get there at nine, because it's eight now. And Mm -hmm. Brooke will be at the beach. And then we'll miss Maeve and Chibi. Brooke will be at the... Right. Beach, which means doing our yoga. Mm-hmm. So we know that. I I think we should go, we should wait here for nine, and then go to the college and see if we can meet with the professor 
before, so at 10, because we okay. know he gets sick sometime in the morning and then goes home. Yeah. Okay. I like this plan. Yeah, we're already here. Let's see if we can figure out uh, what Maeve and Chibi's deal is. Yeah, so charm. Charm on. Who's the most charming here? It's always here? on. It's always on, Tordon. Okay, it's <laughs> you. Sorry. <laughs> yep, definitely. So, wow. You've won me over by getting my name wrong. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay. That's so very you do wizardy. The... <laughs> the wizard's like, I'm so charming. And then the sorcerer's like, no. <laughs> so you don't be weird like you were with Brooke yesterday morning. Weird? Yeah. Remember, she lied about where she was going and we just happened to bump into her again. Mm-hmm. So who was being weird? That, w- that was The liar you. or me? Both. The one with all the questions about dead people. <laughs> you, you ran... <laughs> okay, you're both... Yeah, okay. We're all a little weird. Let's let's just accept uh, and maybe lean into it, but not... Uh, maybe I should just talk to them. I'm really good at talking to people. Cool, cool. Yeah, you do the talking. Okay, cool. Great, good. Mm-hmm. Is it, do you think I should pretend that I already know them since I know their names from yesterday? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds creepy. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, I heard that this place is selling a 900 gold piece cake. Anyone ever thought about buying one of them? No, then you're messing up the timeline. <laughs> this is... <laughs> See, okay. Okay, okay. Feign ignorance. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's just, yeah. I just want to see what they're. Uh, uh, let Let's see if we can make friends, okay, and then we'll uh, we'll see if we can get some more information from them. Well, first, should I start out as a giant spider? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I can also be a boar, like a pig. <laughs> how, how about just a, you know, just you, just be yourself. You're a lot more interesting than that. Come on, don't don't sell yourself short. Okay, 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 okay. I'll stand by the running track and I'll just be petting Chook. Oh, all right, yeah. Chook seems a little bit less indigestiony than she was yesterday afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you had a really big meal in that imaginary day, Chook. (laughs) All right, I'm going to say 9 a.m. Park. The park is mostly wooded. There is one cleared area. An oval jogging path encircles a large sports field and mulched playground. At 9 a.m., a dawn teeth, a five-foot-tall vampire bat person, and a steam crackle, a construct powered by steam energy that occasionally leaks from between her joints, are jogging and chatting on the oval path. They look like good friends. They're approaching the part where Cliff is standing there petting the chicken chook. Hello, good morning. What a lovely morning it is. Hi. Good morning, and then please do a persuasion check on Chook to see how cute Chook is. Oh, Chook's persuasion. I don't know that Chook's very charismatic, but let's have a look. Chook's... Chook, Chook, Chook. Where are you? Chook has a charisma of six. Uh Uh-oh. Better roll high. Oh, she rolled a 14, though, so she's got a 12. 
<laughs> for her cuteness. That's above 10. The steam crackle, the construct powered by steam energy that yesterday tried to reach out in Petchuk, tries it again today. She pauses as her friend, the Dawn Teeth, the vampire bat person, kind of like motions to keep jogging, and she goes, oh, A chicken! And she reaches out. Oh, hi. Yeah, this is Chuck. Chuck, and she pets the ornery chicken on the top of its head. <laughs> wow, lovely morning, isn't it? So lovely. So, mm-hmm. Do you do you come running here often? The steam crackle smiles and pets Chuck and says, "Yeah, it's a great path." She gestures to like you know, looking around. This is really nice that there's a running track here. It's springy. It's nice to step on. I've always uh, thought about jogging, but I've got little legs. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's bending down to pet, because you're a dwarf, so like, she's... Oh, okay. Um, She smiles good-naturedly at you. So, like, did you have any bad dreams about yesterday? Persuasion check. Ooh, that's a seven. You look creepy. Yeah. She straightens and goes... Can't say I did. Well, you have a nice one. And she starts jogging again. Um. Okay. Okay. Someone help me. <laughs> Are you chibi? Follow them. <laughs> Wait, did you really yell follow them? No. And your friends came out <laughs> from the woods? Are you chibi? <laughs> oh, dang. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> screaming people are coming out from the woods, yelling something far off in the distance that they can't hear. And, and one of the, the guy with the chicken is saying, follow them. So Maeve and Chibi are going to book it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> How fast are I think that went well. I think that went well. <laughs> um, well, upon seeing the pursuers, they're quite fast. <laughs> We know that, like, whatever the time thing is, it's mainly affecting us, and they don't remember yesterday at all. Well, yes, it's good to know that. That is good to know. <laughs> We're going to have to be extra cautious so that we don't get arrested <laughs> again. I, I may have just written down bad impression on Maven Chibi. <laughs> We've already been arrested. Should once. we just do a live? Should we just do a live, die, repeat right now <laughs> to avoid this? <laughs> Might be a good no, idea. I think we should at least go. I think we should go at least to see Quentin, Quentin Joffy. Yeah. All right. So, what did we say we were going to do? We we're going to um, go to the school. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because right. then, then we might be able to catch Russ and. Yeah, because Russ was meant to be in a class with Mr. Q in the morning. That's what Brooke said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we should see them together. And maybe yeah. maybe the same thing happens to both of them. Could do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go check it out. Okay. Am I still talking? Am I still... Because I think that went really well. Uh, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's pass the baton. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe, maybe we could give it to Tornin and see if, uh, you know... He, so far, he hasn't he hasn't caused anyone to run away. I have, like, I think that yelling follow them. Wasn't it? We should come up with a new phrase for follow them. <laughs> How, oh, a code word. Let's 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 say something reassuring, like 
like safe travels and that means follow them <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's reasonable okay. safe so travels next time, we, next time someone's leaving us and we want to follow them we won't yell follow them we'll yell <laughs> Safe travels. Safe travels. <laughs> and then we'll just happen to be going in the same direction. We'll, it's like that we'll really them. that awkward thing where you say goodbye to someone, but then <laughs> mm-hmm. you walk the same way with them for ages. Yeah. Exactly. So we're like, oh, safe travels. And then a few minutes later, we're like, ah, ha, ha, this is awkward, <laughs> but completely normal. <laughs> yeah. Good. We have a plan. We're in trouble. At 10 a.m., they arrive at Nikimui Community College. NCC is comprised of three large buildings on two city blocks. What do you guys do? This time we're there a lot earlier than normal. Uh, is there an information desk? It's three buildings, so you could enter one of the buildings or you could talk to someone outside of a building. I, I, I'm looking around uh, for Bill. Bill is heading into one of the large buildings. I say, yo, Bill. <laughs> he looks around and doesn't see where you are at first. I, I wave my arms. He sees like, you, and he waves his arms back. He's like, bro. <laughs> I say, hey, dude, you got class? Yeah, man. Prof Q. Oh. 10 a.m. Oh, sweet, dude. Uh, Hey, we're going to sit in, man. I. <laughs> All right. He waits for you to jog up to where he is and holds sure. the door for you. Cheers, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thank you very much. You step inside the building. Okay. A male capra, a bipedal goat with floppy ears and two small horn stubs and a flat cap on his head, is teaching a lecture hall filled with students about how to harvest venom. He's gesturing oh, with no. a model of a giant fang in a cup. Oh, Behind no. him, a chalkboard has a large spider chalked on it. He's skinny his energy level seems low, and he's frequently coughing. A young eel-headed student is taking good notes, but then trails off and looks into the middle distance as if distracted or worried. Okay, so we got both. I point out the eel child. That's probably Russ. 19-year-old. Yep. 19-year-old. It's Russ. Hmm. Hey, should we warn him that he might be disappearing? He might... <laughs> <laughs> if if we try to do anything, he'll probably disappear another way. If you get my meaning, we Why, need he... to we need to get both of them somehow. Maybe we just wait after class, grab Russ, grab the professor, talk to them both, figure this thing out. Yes, we could do that. Does anyone notice that he's dealing with venom right now? Yes. That could be the cause of his sickness. Or it could be the cause of his... Is that what you're suggesting? It could be the cause of his death right later. Hmm. The professor starts drawing a jellyfish on the chalkboard and shows the students on the chalkboard how to hold the bell of the jellyfish and scrape the tentacles off in a very precise motion so as to harvest the bell of the jellyfish, saying that these are very valuable. Yes. Uh, no. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe we should. Maybe we should ask a question, like we're in the class, and see if he's. If we can get some info. I'm trying. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of a question to ask. Uh, I I raise my hand. 
I say, Professor. Are you standing in the aisle or sitting in a chair? Um, sitting in a chair. Okay. He looks up from where he's demonstrating how to scrape the tentacles off of the jellyfish so as to properly remove the tentacles, which would shrink into the body and, of course, make the magic less powerful. Of course, you know this. You've taken good notes. And he says, <laughs> yes, question in the back? Uh, yes, Professor. Um, do you handle uh, venom yourself in your work? With a staccato voice, he answers. Of course. Um, it just, it seems like you might maybe have the symptoms of uh, exposure to said venom. Rapid death? And puffy skin? I doubt it. <laughs> he looks down at his arms and he's like, not bitten recently. And he laughs, but his laughter turns to a chest-wracking cough. I see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I sit down. <laughs> oh, he's, he's actually a super kind professor. And he's like, no, questions oh. are encouraged. <laughs> okay. Just you, you don't seem well, is, is my, what I'm getting at. You're so kind. I'm fine. Yeah, no, you're not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell him he'll be dead by 10 p.m.? <laughs> he wouldn't believe us. <laughs> That's another one of those creepy things. <laughs> you don't know how to do. <laughs> Nesgrax's lessons on how to not be creepy. And we'd probably get called the cop. Uh, the- cops called on us again if we did that <laughs> yeah yeah it it's it sounds like a threat you're gonna be dead by 10 p.m i'm gonna roll a perception check from russ <laughs> let's just say that some of the students are looking at you with a raised eyebrow <laughs> sorry my first day okay so um we know that he'll be out by noon or by sometime around noon Price on a stick. Um, hey, maybe we could go sit next to Russ and pretend that we're also friends of Vince. That like we served in the military together because I I was a soldier before oh, I was Ivan. a druid. Ivan. Oh yeah, Ivan. Yeah, I should probably not call him Vince. <laughs> we're totally his friends. <laughs> we know him so well. <laughs> Yeah, you know a guy with a V in his name, and there's an I in his name as well, and an N. So <laughs> it's practically the same guy, right? Huh, yeah. When you but, put it that but way. Ivan, 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 Ivan. Right, I'm going to go talk to Russ. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I guess it's a full theater, so I'm just going to try and push past until I can sit <laughs> next to Russ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Students never actually sit next to one another. It's it's kind of impressive how they'll equally disperse themselves through the... And it's like the first two rows are just lava. So um, <laughs> Russ is sitting in a chair. There's no one on his right. He's taking notes and he's looking into the middle distance as if distracted or worried. Hey, you're Russ. He looks at you, the dwarf from the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild. Where's your tattoo again? Uh, on my upper arm, I think. Okay, so underclothing. And he goes, like, how full is your beard again? And how old are you? Oh, I'm in my, uh, I'm in my late 50s, but I'm quite young for a dwarf. 
Okay, so like college aged for a dwarf then? Yeah, could could be. Okay. He says hey and then keeps taking notes. Hey, I think I think you're friends with Vince, right? Huh? Yeah, Vince Ivan. and I served. No, uh Ivan, <laughs> Ivan, Ivan, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, look. The thing the thing you have to know about Ivan is that back when we served, he would go by Vince as a nickname. <laughs> but oh. now he goes by Ivan. Oh, you're friends with Ivan? Yeah, yeah. He has this whole anagram thing with his name where he swapped the letters around and added different letters to mix it up. <laughs> he raises both eyebrows and nods. <laughs> cool, he says. Cool. Well, glad to meet you. Ivan's talked a lot about you. Has he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then the people around you are being like death glare. <laughs> you guys are. He's like, oh, okay. Um. Well, I'll, I'll see you after class. Oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, good luck with the jelly harvesting. <laughs> That's. I find that really hard. Jellyfish, like they're really shy. They don't talk much. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see at. There's a break in between classes at 11 that since he knows you want to talk to him, like he'll stand outside the lecture hall with you. It's like part two. There's like a intermission eight to 10 and then I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so um, mm. you guys can stand outside the lecture hall if you want at 10 I, at 11. You know what? I'm going to talk to the professor. Okay. Yeah. It's in between classes. There's a brief break before. So it is... Like eleven o'clock sharp. Like I'm, I'm gonna say that you guys are there f- from ten until noon. So you're occupying two time slots, but you're talking to people now because class class let out. So first we'll do Tornin talking to the professor. Students are walking down the aisle. Everyone's standing up and milling about, leaving their chairs, getting a stretch before the second half. The professor is drawing something up on the board. What do you do, Tornin? I turned to our druid. Could you illusion me up a small box? I, I th- you should talk to um, you should talk to to, uh, to me. All right, that's yes. Grax. Could you illusion yeah. me up a small that's box? Cracks. You're winning him over by learning his name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want a like a wood box? Do you want ivory? Do you want, Just do you want small metal. Do, you, do make it a wood like box a, for a ring? No, like an apple. Like a, a, something like an animal, not as big lock as on it. not as big as that box that we want, did last night, but something. Oh, like a cardboard box. Something, something small enough to hold an animal, a small animal. Like, like a hamster. Yeah. Okay. Bling. <laughs> Here you go. Tornin, you're I, holding a hamster box. <laughs> I could make you a flower if you want a flower, Professor. Yeah, <laughs> ignored. <laughs> um, I have something I'd like you to take a look at. Professor Q looks down from his sketch of a jellyfish and is delighted by the box. He has a look of pure joy on his face as he's anticipating the wonderful hamster that's inside. <laughs> he reaches out for the box. I... It's not quite a hamster within here. I need, uh, um, I don't trust to have this thing opened 
when there's other people close by. Ooh, what is it? What is it? I don't know. I can't really do a staccato voice, but I'm trying. Well, let's open it and find out. Yes, let's open it and... Uh, You're not... You're not going to want to do that, Professor. It's, uh... It's, uh... It's... It's... It's rabid. You don't want it to jump and bite you in the face. Oh, well, I have just the contraption for rabid hamsters. (laughs) He starts to take you to his office, where he definitely does have a contraption for dealing with rabid hamsters. Do you walk out of the lecture hall with him? Yes. Okay, good. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I was trying to do. Okay. We're going to leave you to that in a bit. But first, Cliff, you're standing outside the lecture hall with Russ, an eel-headed person with a fin ridge instead of hair. Uh, yeah, hi, um, I'm Cliff. I don't think I introduced myself earlier. Uh, g'day. Hi, he says. He looks a bit distracted or worried. You look distracted or worried. Yeah, it's been an unusual day. He reaches up his hand and scratches his fin ridge. Yeah, well, tell me about it. Well, on Sunday, I said goodnight to my sister, Adelaide, and... Went about my day on Monday, came home, and instead of, you know, her normal routine of going to high school, going to her part-time job working for Lauren, a starfish in the marketplace, she translates for Lauren because they can't talk, and then going to tutoring with Bobby, I came home and my mom, Brooke, didn't know where Adelaide was. And when I asked her, where's Adelaide? She was like, I don't know who Adelaide is. So then on Tuesday, I was like, Why is nobody looking for Adelaide? He's getting more and more panicked. I made a report with the police. I asked Ivan. Ivan had never met Adelaide. And then on Wednesday, I went looking for her. And and I encountered Bobby in the park. And then Bobby turned into this really weird old lady. And she murdered me. And then I woke up. And it was today. And it was Wednesday again. And I don't know what's going on. He's crying. Oh my god, that sounds really distressing um uh sorry but guys. <laughs> uh, like if i'm honest i i also like had yesterday as today and i got arrested what? and then i woke up and i wasn't in prison but it was also today it was wednesday again you're reliving wednesday too yeah oh i thought it was just because i died oh man Oh, well, that's, um, try not to do that, please. (laughs) You're telling me. So what, so Adelaide was friends with Bobby, and Bobby is a a weird old lady that murders people. Yeah, oh, if you'd, if you'd asked me yesterday, I would have just said Bobby was her tutor, but after seeing what she turned into, I think Bobby killed Adelaide. She's something evil. I don't know what she is, but she's something evil. And she lives in the park. No, I was in the park looking for evidence of Adelaide with Ivan yesterday afternoon because classes were canceled. And sometime afternoon, I don't know exactly when, but instead of finding any evidence of Adelaide and proving that she existed to mom, I found Bobby. And I was like, Bobby, do you remember Adelaide? And Bobby was like, you shouldn't remember Adelaide. And then Bobby turned into this like, old lady and attacked me and the last thing i remember was her laughing 
and standing over me. And Ivan trying to defend me, but he couldn't do anything. Wait, yesterday, being today, so this evening, we met Ivan on the beach at eight, and he said that he didn't know who you were, but he was crying, and he didn't know why, and he said that at about 6pm he was at the park. So maybe that's when you die. (laughs) Cool. Russ is crying. Good job. Going back to... (laughs) So, Tornin, with your illusionary box that has no weight or physical structure, what are you doing with Dr. Q? Prof Q? Uh, Professor Q? Good, Professor. I'm glad I I had to get you away from the others. My character just... Drop, puts the box... Scooby-Doo, what? (laughs) I had to get you away. Your life is in danger. He looks alarmed. This, there's nothing in the box, Professor. It was, an, it, it was a reason to get you out of the room. We have reason to believe... I show him my tattoo. Ah, yes. Where is your tattoo? My right bicep. Okay. He sees the fire-breathing kitten guild logo of a... a literally a fire-breathing kitten on a shield. And he relaxes. The alarm dissipates. And he goes, I'm in danger. Or, I'm sorry. He has a staccato voice. I'm in danger. What do you mean? We don't know. We just have information that your life is in danger right now. Goodness. We we wish to keep an eye on you. To You see, you're an important person in the taking care of dangerous par- creatures and various poisons. And we feel it might be imp- important to uh, to protect you. In his alarm, he breathes in deeply and begins to cough. <coughs> well, thank you. I, I, oh gosh, why? Okay, I don't, whatever you say, I'll go along with you. What, Professor, may I ask, what is, <coughs> what is wrong? Oh, it's just a cough. It seems like more than just a cough. He looks thin to you. His cheeks are sunken. And, uh. If Skinny was in fashion, he'd be very popular, let's just say. It's called the consumption. Not because of what you eat, but because it looks like something's eating you. What's eating you? (laughs) (laughs) So. But actually do a medicine check and let's see how much Tornin knows. much probably i'm gonna find out in a second let's see medicine is wisdom so that's not one of my worst skills oh okay that's a 17 all right you know all of that and you know that there are treatments that cure the consumption but you don't know the name of those treatments because of your low check interesting so you're you identify it as consumption you are aware that the coughing is bad. You know there's a cure. You don't know what it is. Professor, I think you need to have that looked at. I mean, that's not very good from what I can tell. (coughs) But... He says. Yes. I think you might... I'm going to make a deception check right now because I'm going to be telling him I think he might have been poisoned. Okay. I'm going to roll an opposing insight check. What's your deception? I got a 14. And what do you say? 
Professor, I think what we feared about your life being in danger might have already be going on right now. I think you might you might have been poisoned. He believes you. Poisoned? What do I, what do I do about this? We need to get you to a healer. Okay. He follows you, and as you walk out of the building, you reconnect with the concerned Nesgrax in the aisle. He's like, there's no hamster in that box. And Cliff, outside, with Russ, who's yeah, very upset. Russ is very upset. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm patting him on the back and saying, there, 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 there. <laughs> Dude got murdered yesterday. <laughs> so... Okay, I've convinced the professor to go to a hospital. Um, we need to keep an eye on him while he's going there. Uh, I pass on... I still fear for his life, but if the consumption is what's causing him to be dying, to die tonight, it's good. But if something else causes it, we need to keep an eye on him. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um... So Russ here also is reliving this day. Hey! Oh, hey! High, high five, Russ. <laughs> cool. He's got both of his hands on his face as he He's cries. He's a bit sad. Oh. He's a bit oh. sad because yesterday he was murdered. Uh, oh. By yesterday, I mean today. So this evening he's going to be murdered unless we stop it. Ooh, okay, great. Um, what, uh, who, who does the deed, Ivan? No, no. Come on, Ivan's oh. a good guy. Ivan and I oh. go way back. <laughs> and I just very obviously wink at... Uh... <laughs> it's Nesgrax. I, yeah, I know it's Nesgrax. <laughs> and every time I like, I go, Nesgrax, and I think that doesn't sound right. Nesgrax. It's Nesgrax. Nesgrax. I obviously wink at you, Nesgrax. Uh, right. Yeah, um, so... There's a crazy lady that lives in the park that used to tutor uh, Russ's sister Adelaide, but no one remembers Adelaide, which is probably why Brooke had that extra yoga mat for her daughter Adelaide, who no longer exists, but Russ remembers her. And then Bobby turns into a crazy, like, uh, hideous old woman and then murders her and laughs. No, it murders him. Uh-huh. Okay. At Great. I think at six. Ivan was there as well, so we need to get Ivan. What, what are we, we going to do about Maeve and Chib Chibi? What if we went to the park now and dealt with this individual before she kills Russ? Oh, she's not at the park now. Okay, what's... Because she doesn't live at the park. What is the name of this individual? <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. Russ, does Bobby have a last name? Gurevich. Oh. Gur... I don't have a Gurevich on the list of the names in the apartment building. No. No, she doesn't live in our apartment. She was my sister's tutor. Do you know where we can find Bobby Gurevich? Whew, the look on his face says that he doesn't think that's a good idea. Um, and he says, I don't know where she would be. Hmm. But we know where she'll be at 6 p.m. tonight. I'd rather not. I think it might be a better idea to deal with that one before... Early, you know, but we don't know where we don't know where Bobby is. Early, I know. Well, we can find out. Yeah. Okay. Well, does mm. doesn't doc, uh, doesn't Professor Q need to go to a yes uh, a healer? Yes. Uh, the fire breathing we should do that. The fire breathing now, Guild has healers, correct? 
if I remember correctly. Um, are you asking me, the DM? If it would be no, that would be probably knowledge that the the players would have. So, right? Do you have it? I don't. Do you know any healers? Mm, not really. No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's your answer. Hmm. I mean, I can be a healer, but I'm not uh, a healer today. Do I know any healers? Oh, I, uh, I feel like I, no, I can't think of, uh, wait, uh, no, I, sorry. Oh, wait, we do know a healer. <laughs> Who? Crud the third. <laughs> ah. Although, from what I remember about Crud the third, I... Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Do you know, okay. hey, so I'll tell you, we might not know a healer, but we know a detective. Devito? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and okay, a detective yeah, guess... is the perfect guy to solve this kind of mystery. Who's a healer? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I never, now that I'm remembering Card the Third, I don't want to take the... Uh, Why not? The body with the heart transplant that he lugged around in the last time I was worked with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he lived. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Wow. All right, then. Yes, you know a healer, but no, you're not going to go to him. I see how it is. Okay. <laughs> because if I have to, I'll take him to Crud the Third. But... Oh. Well, come on, man. It's a matter of life and death. We gotta get this guy <laughs> healed. So should we just get him over to the FBK and um get him healed and then uh and then we'll go check out uh Devito and see if he can help us out. <sighs> Alright. Or if we Alright If it's really serious we know where a nine hundred gold piece cake is about to be smashed up, and that's could be a good way, like a good last memory. <laughs> All right, I'll take him to Crud the Third. Oh. All right. Well, look, I, I think we all need to go, don't we? So, Russ, do you want to come with us? We'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll, we should stick together, I think. Yes. Were you, hey, Russ, were you meant to be meeting Vince somewhere? Ivan. You mean Ivan. <laughs> That's what I said. Look, back in the day, back Ivan the day, went you know, by Vince because he did the yes. anagram thing. Speaking of, Ivan walks up to you. He's a human man, about 26 years old. He smiles at Russ in a very cute way, like they're very happy to see one another. Oh, Okay. Russ blushes when he sees Ivan. Uh, he, you know, got him, his emotions back under control. And now he's, he's just like emotionally wrung out like a towel. So he can't hide his blush. Ivan? I, I, yeah, I wave and say, hi, Vince. <laughs> Ivan does not recognize you. It's me, Cliff. Do a persuasion check. <laughs> That's a nine. Oh. Ivan does not recognize you. Oh, no. He stands between you and Russ, and he says, with arms crossed across his chest, who are you? Protectively over his boy. Hey, look, I'm Cliff, and I don't know if I, if, uh, if Russ has told you, 
but he's reliving this day after a very traumatic yesterday. And we're also reliving this day. So we formed like a support group. This is uh, Mr. (laughs) Q. Oh, yeah. Professor Q holds out his hand and shakes it and coughs and covers his mouth with his other hand. I would just not shake that hand. (laughs) We got to get him healed because... uh, He's going to die before 10 p.m. tonight. <laughs> no, we're not supposed to say that. It's creepy. <laughs> Nesgrax is face palming. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Ivan is going to do a check. Ivan does not know what is going on. He pushes Russ a little bit further away from you guys and stands his ground. Russ, go home. I'll meet you there. Russ, no, you have to come with us. Or, uh, hey, look, we'll meet you in the park at 6pm and stop that old woman from killing you. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Russ is going to go hide under his bed, actually. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, if he doesn't go to, so... the, if he doesn't go to the park, that's... That's, uh... That saves... Oh, I'm sure Bobby will be at the park. I mean, yeah, but if he doesn't go to the park, he won't die if he go- by going to the park. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> We don't want him to die. Exactly. <laughs> We're not here to preserve murder. What I'm saying is, it's a good thing that he's not that he's hiding under his bed right now. Cause, uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, you made it sound like a problem. <laughs> no, it's not a problem. It's actually a good thing. Go home and so, stay yeah. there. Russ, go. <laughs> <laughs> Russ dashes off and goes to his apartment and goes home and <laughs> lays in bed, sadly. Uh, so Ivan is going to be like, what is this about Russ dying? What is going on? We don't have all the details ourselves. Weird. But... Are you threatening him? No. Do you... Look, wait. Dude, Ivan, I understand you care about Russ very much. Bit creepy, 26-year-old, <laughs> 19-year-old. That's a little bit... That's kind of a big gap for me, but, you know, whatever. He's an adult. But listen, we're all <laughs> judgmental approval. <laughs> we're all we're all living through the same day, okay? Uh, we've been through this cycle already. It seems like Russ has been through this cycle already. We want to protect Russ and and break free of this loop and um, and help you as well. We we've seen what happens when Russ gets murdered. You. You forget all about him, and you're completely grief-stricken. So um, we want to save you that heartache, man. I'm going to have him do an insight check. What are you doing to demonstrate that you're sincere? I am um, crying. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because I'm so... I, I, I know what it's like. To lose someone that you love, oh, and I gosh. don't want that to happen to to Ivan. Yeah, you're a widower, aren't you? Exactly. I used to be married to a ghost, <laughs> and then I helped him cross over. Yeah. Um, he looks deep into your eyes, and he recognizes the truth in them. I tell him the whole story, if that helps. Okay. <laughs> you tell him the whole story. And he's like... You know, half an hour later, he's wiping with a tissue his tears away from his cheeks. And he's like, that was such a beautiful story. <laughs> okay, he's ready to go. He's former military. He wants to beat up that hag. <laughs> How dare she kill Russ yesterday today? 
<laughs> well, first we have to take yes. him to a healer. I know a healer. Don't really want to take him to that healer, but it's the only healer I can think of right now. So, uh... Mm-hmm. To the guild hall. At noon, they arrive at the fire-breathing kitten's guild hall. Oh, hey, is Brooke arriving at this time? She is. I'm going to read you a thing. Look at you guys haven't figured this all out. I'm so proud. (laughs) Well, we are technically about to complete two different tasks. (laughs) The fire-breathing kitten's guild hall is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. Nulisag, the two-foot-tall elderly dwarf with a high-pitched voice who is the leader of the fire-breathing kittens, is politely escorting an eel-headed woman with a fin ridge instead of hair outside the guild hall. You guys didn't calm her down when she did yoga, so she was a little bit too stressed out. In a high-pitched voice, Nulisag says, I'm sorry, ma'am. We don't do that kind of thing around here. Please be on your way. Have a nice day. Oh. Do you follow her out onto the street outside and ask what she was trying to hire Nulisag for? So you can tell I wrote these prompts as if it was the first time you were going through this. <laughs> Good afternoon, Hello. ma'am. We are with the fire-breathing kittens. The eel-headed woman with a fin ridge instead of hair looks at Tornin suspiciously. She clutches her large purse, which has a corner bit of yoga mat per- poking out from it. She's still huffing and puffing in anger at having been thrown out of the guild. Your Brooke, correct? Yes. Why? Uh, we oh, met, we, is, is Ivan with us? You might not remember oh, us, but he we... He is with you. Yeah. Ivan, she says. <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, Ivan, I guess NPC to NPC <laughs> time. Oh, yeah. Best part of d and <laughs> I'm kidding. This is my least favorite part. Brooke glares at Ivan, and Ivan looks sheepish. Ivan lifts his heel and twirls the ball of his foot around left and right awkwardly. Mm. Hey, Brooke. Brooke, you don't know us today, but we know you today from yesterday. (laughs) And I want to tell you that Ivan here is trying to stop the thing that happened to Adelaide happening to Russ. Add a who? Do a persuasion check with disadvantage. <laughs> uh, well, that will be a zero with a, with a, a natural one minus one. <laughs> she storms past you and the yoga mat in her bag thwaps you on its way out. <laughs> is it just one yoga mat? Two. Okay, it is two. Okay. Yeah. Get smacked twice. Thwap, thwap. I want to nudge Ivan and say, like, tell her the truth. Ivan looks at you awkwardly. Tell her. Tell her what? The truth. What? About you and Russ. What? What? Dude. Huh? Okay, Okay, look, Mr. Q is dying here. Let's just get that dealt with before he dies. (laughs) Yeah, okay, fine. Look, man, I was talking to Ivan. You do this on your own time, but you need to do it, okay? Ivan's like, what? <laughs> Dude! What? <laughs> uh, he blushes. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Uh, yeah, we need to get uh, Crud the third. Uh, Nulisag? Nizcrax! Hi! 
Hey. Hey. Uh, yeah, we're looking for Crud the Third. We need a healer, like stab. You see, Doctor Crud the Third, with his large elephant ears, perk up at that and say, "Well, I've got goblin parts for you." Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Doctor Crud the Third. I cannot do your voice. <laughs> Um, and he offers you some universal donor goblin parts. We need a healer. We gotta... You see a healer. His coat has just the right amount of blood on it. Enough <laughs> to let you know he's a healer, but not too much. We got a sick individual here who needs healing. The elephant man stands up and walks over to you. He inspects Professor Q and quickly says... Well, I see your problem there. I'm so sorry again. Well, I see your problem there. This man is suffering from the consumption. The only cure is isonicotinic acid with rifampicin. I'm so sorry, Dr. Crud. I cannot do your voice. Wow. I also going to make a stealth check to whisper something to... Oh, wait. <laughs> isonicotinic acid hydrazide with rifampicin. Okay, I make a quick stealth check of 23 to whisper something to Dr. Crud. Also, tell him he's poisoned. And he's poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> uh, do, do you have the isodicotilimum with the thing? Can you give that to him, Crud? Well, you saw my free clinic outside, my mobile free clinic. I stock it with everything I can, except if something's prohibitively expensive and doesn't make sense because it was cons it would consume the other goods that I could be buying for that amount of money. 500 gold is too expensive for me to keep in stock. It's fine. It so, no? <laughs> no. Oh. Where can we go? We don't have 500 well, we gold. We know that a particular lady has just been paid 900 gold for a cake. We also know of a dragon scale, a dragon leather jacket that costs 400. Wait a second. We don't still have the 150. Hey, oh, no, it would have gone to Nulisag. The 150 we got for the job. Except we probably would have also lost that 100. Yeah. You yeah. see a job flyer on the corkboard. Oh. But that's only 150 okay. gold. I, I go to look at the flyer. <laughs> it says, uh, you've read it already. So it's basically okay. um, posted by Vince Copey in a magical script written by Nulisag, the guildmaster, and only legible to those who have received the tattoo of the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Q, um, what's... What's with Vince wanting your job? And by Vince, I mean Vince and not Ivan. Vince? Yeah, Vince Copay. Oh, we're childhood friends. I'm sorry, I have to do a staccato voice for him. Oh, we're childhood friends. We grew up together. Uh, Vince is a good man. He he wants to beat you up. Or he what? wants us to beat you up and take what? your hat. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what it says on this piece of paper that to you looks blank. Why would why would Vince want that? He says you stole his job. What? He he was in undergrad at NCC for seven years. Seven? Gee. <laughs> okay. He couldn't uh, be a professor because he never graduated. 
Oh. Well, I guess you so, drifted apart then. Yeah, I graduated. And I started working. I worked my way up. And now I'm an adjunct professor. Wow, Vince. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. We don't have anywhere okay. near 500 gold between us, I suspect. If I... And I'm assuming if we don't, if we try to find a hospital, they're not going to give it to him either because it's too expensive. Yes. And we don't live in an enlightened society with universal health care, <laughs> do we? A DM note, I literally created this entire adventure to point out that nicotinic acid hydrazide plus rifampicin in some parts of this real world that we live in is not available to some human beings. And now mm. you now you know. Do, 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 do. The whole point of all of this was for me to point that out to you guys. Now you know there's... and knowledge is power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some countries mm. in the world that might be listening to this podcast right now. It cost $2,000 in US dollars. And uh, some people can't literally die from tuberculosis because they can't afford this medication oh wow yes tuberculosis yeah sorry dudes sorry everyone some true facts weighing down your D. that is okay. <laughs> indeed that's the problem right but for us we can kill the hag <laughs> right okay guys listen how much money do we all have i have 110 gold i got 75 i got 62 yeah, still not enough, I, I suspected. Okay, but um, let's see if I carry Professor, the Professor, okay. <laughs> how much do you, how much, how wealthy are you, Professor? I could, I could scrape up about a third of my annual income, I think about a hundred gold. I've been saving it because, you know, Nim, she's pregnant. Okay, we're at 347, so we need uh, about uh, 150 more. I hold. I, so professor. we just need to. Your hat. Huh? Your hat. We can. Yeah, we can sell your hat for 150 gold to Vince. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. person who Good wanted point. to beat him up will be responsible for. Partially responsible for saving his life. I love you guys. <laughs> Check mark. You. I'm just going to speed through that scene because I don't want us to run out of time. You have 150 of Vince's gold. <laughs> Okay. That's so, fantastic. Excellent that's job. Okay. So we have, um, uh, we're about three short. We just need three gold and we can <laughs> save this man's life. Caller, listeners, if you, <laughs> if your heart is breaking for Dr. Quinton, call this number now and donate only three oh, gold. Oh, my math is off. That's save actually going life. to be. More like seven gold. Now I'm looking at the actual numbers. <sighs> wait, really? Yeah. I w wait, I had. No, you had. So wait. I had on. seventy. Let, I had seventy-one gold pieces, approximately. Oh, you had seventy-one. Okay, seven gold. That's not so bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and now I have nothing. Wait, how okay. much? How much was Brooke offering for us to beat up Ivan? <laughs> oh yeah, good point. <laughs> uh. 200 gold. Oh! <laughs> Ivan, will you let us beat you up to, to raise 200 gold to save this man's life? Oh, wait, wait. We can do something better. 
I'll uh, I'll minus some illusion, lo- uh, some bruising on him, and we'll show him to Brooke, and then Brooke will give it. We'll we'll like take him there, like look how badly we roughed him up, and she'll give us the money. Yeah, but Russ will be there hiding under the bed. <laughs> that, so, I mean, that will ruin. The, I mean, that'll damage their relationship. At least he'll be alive. Yeah. Well, today. But who knows what tomorrow today will bring. Well, at least he won't die from the creature in the park killing him. Okay, well, look, we'll take it one today at a time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just just like Alcoholics Anonymous says. Okay. (laughs) One today at a time. Uh, Okay, so uh, I guess we should try to look for Brooke at the apartment building right yeah is that where she would be no if it's 2 p.m she'll be waiting for us at the univer at the college oh at ncc you're right you're right it's 1 p.m yeah it's 1 p.m now it's 1 p.m now okay actually uh we're gonna say that it is 2 p.m so that she is there because we did have to go to we had to go to the crepe place oh right yeah, how would um well you got the let's say you got the money from New Lasag in exchange for the hat. So that was a second guild hall event. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, two o'clock. Where are you going? College. NCC. Okay. So one o'clock, you exchanged the hat for the hundred and fifty gold. <laughs> two o'clock, you're at NCC. A woman is sitting on a bench. She has an eel head and a fin ridge instead of hair. Okay. I cast the minor illusion on um, Ivan. Ivan. And we walk right up to her and I say, Brooke, listen, we understood. We get you. We did the job. We'd like payment now, please. She looks at Ivan and she's like, come near my son again and it'll be worse. <laughs> Ivan's going to have to roll a deception check, you guys. Oh, Oh boy. Okay. Okay, he's got a number. Now Brooke is going to have to roll an insight check. Well, Brooke rolled a four. So (laughs) Ivan says, sure. And Brooke says, that's right. (laughs) And you guys have 200 gold now. So we got 350 with what the professor can pull together. That's 450. And we just need 50 more gold. And we are... Wait, no, I, I think we're over the top, aren't we? We needed 500. Yeah, yeah, but but you had, if we if we pony up our gold, right? Yeah, so yeah I was, I'm happy to pony up my gold. Same here. But, okay, so so let's say, what what do we have? We've got 200, 150. And the professor. So we're at, we're at 350 with just the money we made. The professor can pull together. The professor had. 100. How much? 100. Yeah, but 100 he's got a him. baby on the way. We can't steal, like, the <laughs> his child's future. What it, Come well, on. Tornan, do you have a baby? <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm going to... Everyone so, no, lose we're all taking, your gold, and the extra will go to Professor Q. Aww. We're, we're, we're taking his money, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Hold on. No, so... <laughs> yeah. So there's four. So I'll put in fifty. So we're at four fifty just with the jobs and with his money. So I'll put in the extra fifty since I have the most. I have one hundred and ten. So now we're at five hundred. <laughs> All right. So the way Nesgrex has worked it out, Cliff 
and Torin get to keep all their money, and Nesgrax personally paid 50 gold to save this person. So now you have 500 gold, you just have to find the medicine for sale, which Dr. Crud III tells you is often available in the market. We're headed for the market, okay. then. Mm-hmm. At 3 p.m., they head to the market. Day two is going a little bit differently than day one, you guys. Yeah. We didn't prevent a cake from being smashed, but oh well. (laughs) (laughs) How fun, an outdoor market. A long, covered walkway shelters vendors and their wares. Crowds mill in the aisle between stalls. One shop in particular draws your eye. A leather-working and magical animal parts processing shop staffed by a human-sized starfish. Yeah, I'm looking around to see if I can find the medical supply, a place where they sell the medical supplies. You see an orange powder matching Dr. Crud III's description for sale in Lauren's shop. Oh. Well, I'm sorry, what time did we say this was? 3 p.m. 3. 3 p.m., okay. Uh, excuse me. Um, I don't know exactly how to... Per- Lauren. L- <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you were trying to think of her name. No, I was trying to think <laughs> of a way to... Uh, name. To, and without saying their name, uh, well, here's hi, a- Lauren. <laughs> uh, Lauren, not possessing a face themselves, doesn't have the best memory for them, and assumes that they know you. They wave and they write hi on their chalkboard. We would like to purchase that powder. We have the five hundred gold to do it with. Lauren sells you the Cheetos dust powder. It's orange and it looks like Cheeto dust. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. And it's isonicotinic acid hydrazide with rifampicin. Okay. You now possess the powder. Is there, like, instructions on the powder? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Back to the guild hall. Yeah, back can, to can't we can't we just send Mister Q with the powder back to the guild hall to, to, to talk to Crud the Third? No, uh, I we don't know whether something else might have killed him. So I think it would be best if we uh, keep an eye on him. I mean, we know he was alive at I know six or okay. All right, at four p.m. they arrive back at the guild hall. So we got two hours. So we had to get to the park to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then a third mystery. Yeah, I don't. Doctor think- Crud the Third, knowing that he can give it either orally or intravenously, gives it intravenously. Okay. A clear tube becomes orange. <laughs> with the like orange Cheetos dust liquid is going into the <laughs> into Doctor Q or Professor Q. Mm-hmm. Stay here. Where though- do you guys want to go at five p.m.? Professor, stay here. Um, this they'll be able to keep you safe here. We'll mm-hmm. we'll come back to you and take you back to your home when the time when when we're done with what we need to take care of. Um, so we should go. We should go to the park now. We haven't had any lunch. <laughs> let's go. Get we some, can have it today. Let's have some crepes again <laughs> tomorrow. At least we know that. Let's go have some crepes. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that we don't kill a hag <laughs> on an empty stomach. <laughs> mm. At 5 p.m., they arrive at Taste Like Crepes. <laughs> Let's not eat as much this time. Let's not eat as much this time. Um, 
We the last time it took us two hours, so uh That was a bunch of stuff though. <laughs> it wasn't just eating. I know. That was nearly getting killed by a goat man. That's true. This one dollar yeah. sign out of three dollar signs restaurant has a good sense of humor and delicious food. One waitress, a highland cow person with wide horizontal horns and side-swept brown hair, is looking particularly cheerful. Yeah, we'd like a table for three, a booth for three, please. She guides you to a booth, and for one gold, you guys have unlimited crepes. You see a male capra, a bipedal goat with floppy ears and two small horn stubs in the kitchen, dicing up supplies. Yeah, let's leave him alone this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now I'm full. Let's go to the park. Yeah. <laughs> At 6 p.m., you go to the park, and then I'm going to tell you on the second day of the time loop, the other players, dun, 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 killed Bobby. So as you show up at the park, there's an explosion of light and energy, and uh, Bobby is killed, and the time loop is broken. Everything you do from now on is permanent. And it's now 7 <gasps> o'clock, and you, you <gasps> don't see them. Kind of like picture two people crossing, two ships crossing in the night. I'm not going to have you at the same place at the same time that they were. Dun, dun, dun. So Bobby is killed. Please listen to the other episode, the final replay, on our channel. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> My players are stunned right now. My players are looking at me like, what the heck? Well, we did it. Did we do it? We did yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't do it. The collective well, I mean, we the, did it. The collective we. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't ever I get this event, this last event. So if you guys don't mind playing just a few minutes late, there's a small oh. chance that you can figure out the third one. So yeah, it's 7 okay. o'clock, yeah. where do you go? So Bobby... You walk up right as Dr. Crowd the Third <laughs> and two other people explode Bobby. <laughs> oh, okay. Alleyway. So, uh, hold on. We, we've we've <laughs> walked up just as they exploded Bobby. So they're there, right? Yeah, yeah, but you guys didn't interact with them at all the first time. I'm actually playing with time right now, and they didn't see you. So you can't expose yourself to them. Um, it oh, is Dr. Crowd the Third. Okay. Satara and Rain Cloud Moonglow. Actually, okay. we're Satara heading... Astronova. We should head for yeah. the apartments, taking the professor back. Because that's where I think the, our uh, last two individuals are probably as well. No, they were heading in the opposite direction. Which two individuals are you talking about? Maeve and Chibi. Oh, okay. Yeah? Yes. Because when we were in the alley to beat up... Um, Professor Q at five, we saw mm-hmm. them going the opposite direction to yeah. uh, Brooke, who was going home to the apartments. Yes. And, and then we know they weren't at the marketplace at seven because we were at the marketplace and they weren't at the beach at eight. I killed a hole in the apartments. Okay. Wait, could it have been Maeve that killed the professor originally? I think he died from consumption. True. But what did we okay. what did we miss the last time? There was the there could be the, I mean, literally all we saw Maeve and Chibi I, do was the cake, and that. Yeah, we don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, we wait. We know that Chibi had just got her first paycheck for working at a law office. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that they bought a very expensive wedding cake to smash it up. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
that's that's it yeah okay we so let's see if we are if we were in the alley going in their direction at that time we would be headed back towards ncc because that's where we were because brooke was coming from that way to go home right yeah so we would be headed so we should i mean without having like a, a map or anything we should be back in the vicinity of ncc because that would be the direction that they would have been traveling in and as a student at ncc you are the only character here who knows that there typically aren't classes after 6 p.m at ncc so you know that that location is unofficially closed after six okay because you're a student so, there so you have like a class schedule and you know yeah 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 i'm just wondering then would they so it that that makes it sound like they there's either no reason for them to be there or they'll be there with mal intent <laughs> so yeah okay well should we should we go check out ncc after hours ncc after talk i yeah, think sure, so sure yeah okay because i'm because it's unlikely they would go back to the park it's mm -hmm. unlikely they would be in the alley i don't think they lived at that apartment building they're probably not going to the the guild hall or mm -hmm. eating more crepes so mm -hmm. that just leaves the college and it's yeah and they weren't at the beach yeah. when we were at the beach the other night so yeah okay yeah all right ncc it is they arrive at 7 p.m at nikamui community college the campus lights are off and this downtown college that is comprised of three large buildings on two city blocks is surrounded by vibrant nightlife there's lots of people walking around getting dinner at 7 p.m downtown you know you can see how ivan and russ originally met because this is an open campus where everyone can flow freely with the city life. One of the things that's still open at this time is the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. And other things that are open, let's see, are, is the Taste Like Crepe restaurant. I'm going to take a peek in the window of the Taste Like Crepe. Are the two of them in there? They are. Ooh. Okay, so do we just watch them and, like, try to stealthily follow them until something bad happens, and then we can intervene? We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> safe travels them. That's right. <laughs> and remember that today the only thing they know about you is that they didn't get attacked by you in the park this morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this morning we did yell, follow them, and now we show up at night looking at them through the window. <laughs> cool. Um... Cool, cool. What could go wrong? I think this is a great plan. Don't if we're going to be stealthy, I'm going to turn into a giant spider right now. Oh. <laughs> it's dark out. We should. Uh, so I can hide it with ease. Sorry, it's dark out, so I can hide with ease now. So. Oh, good. Um, I I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try to hit on them. Nesgrax walks inside the restaurant. Okay, so at seven o'clock at the taste like crepe restaurant we've got one person hiding in the dark one person is a giant spider and one person opening the door to this one dollar sign out of three dollar signs restaurant with a good sense of humor and delicious food 
The waitress, Highland cow person with wide horn. <laughs> Did you guys just eat here at five? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grapes. Okay. Uh, okay. She says, howdy, y'all. And she's like, oh, Nesgrax, you hunger for more? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hunger, waitress, but not for crepes. Yutung, <laughs> which is what her name tag reads, Yutung. Yutung raises an eyebrow and says, table or booth? Uh, where are the, where are Chibi and Maeve sitting? In a booth. In a booth. Um, so if I sat, is there any way for me to sit in a way so that I'm next to them and can converse with them? Yes. Can I sit at a table next to them? Would you like to whisper that to Yutung and see how that goes? Uh, yeah. I say, hey, uh, can I call her Yutung? Sure. She's, yeah, she's okay. got it written on her apron. Okay. Hey, uh, Yutung, uh, I'd like to sit over next to those two fine ladies, if uh, if you don't mind, if that table's available. Roll a persuasion check. 21. <laughs> she winks at you and goes, oh, a bit thirsty, I see. <laughs> yes. I'll bring you over I... some water. And she sits you next to Maeve and Chibi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the vampire bat humanoid and the construct <laughs> with steam leaking <laughs> from between her joints. Okay. <laughs> You are you sit down in the booth and are greeted by a waiter. He is a male capra, a bipedal goat with floppy ears and two small horn stubs. May I take your order? he asks. Uh yeah. I'll have uh, a bunch of uh crepes and uh you know what? I'll uh, put the ladies uh, orders on my tab. He grunts and walks away. Mm. The booth next to you is quite loud. You overhear two women giggling to one another about spending 900 gold on a five-tiered wedding cake earlier in the day and smashing it. (laughs) I lean in and I say, excuse me, ladies, I couldn't help but overhear. Did you say you purchased a 900 gold wedding cake just to smash it? The goat waiter's floppy ear visibly stands vertically to overhear this. Yeah, 900 gold, but it was worth it. The goat man passes into the kitchen. Uh, He's over there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I just spent 500 gold to save a man's life. (laughs) What what could possibly have motivated you to spend 900 gold on a... a, to, to, to destroy a wedding cake? They shrug and say, I guess you just had to have been there. That's not an answer. (laughs) Uh, um, and they look awkward and they pay for their meal and they start to leave Uh, (laughs) Uh, safe travels (laughs) (laughs) okay person hiding in the shadows and person who is I think a giant spider yeah yeah but Um, hiding as well okay okay all right it's dark out and no one is expecting a giant spider so (laughs) They are walking away. It is now 8 p.m. Are you going to follow them? Yeah, I'm going to follow them. I'm, I rolled an 18 on stealth check. Since it's dark out, I can effectively use my Mask of the Wild right now to hide in plain sight. So I am following behind them. You follow them. You see all of their activities over the next few hours. I'm just going to say I'm going to write down your activities for 8 p.m. as following. 
two happy drunk girls in the dark, totally normal. And <laughs> from 9 p.m., you see them start to head over to the guild hall. At 10 p.m., they're in the fire-breathing kittens guild halls. Let me read that one to you. Well, I, I, th- I think we've missed the thing. <clears throat> well, so two people are playing darts on what looks like a girl's night out. You overhear the conversation. Maeve, the Dawn Teeth, a five-foot-tall vampire bat person, is telling her friend that she's glad Chibi broke up with that loser. The friend, Chibi, is a steam crackle, a construct powered by steam energy that occasionally leaks from between her joints. She's nursing a drink and allowing herself to be consoled by Maeve, the bat person. Chibi takes a deep breath in and sighs sadly, steam coming out of her nose and joints. It looks like it's hard realizing that you have to break up with someone. The two play darts, drink, and chat. Yeah, we missed it. So that it. is from 10 to 11 p.m. The, I, I, I think the thing was that, like, oh, well, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what, um, oh. what was overheard inside. Oh. But I think that there's probably something going on. I think I know what's at, going on. NCC. But I don't think my character knows. Off paper, so. I think I know what's going on, but my character probably has no idea what it is. Don't say your theory. Say what you do about it. I can do nothing. Yeah, I'm just going to keep... We're, we're watching these <laughs> girls, because safe travels was the plan. Following. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You follow them into the alley. It is midnight. The alley is a narrow passageway between tall brick buildings. A Dawn Teeth, a five-foot-tall vampire person, and a Steam Crackle, a construct powered by steam energy that occasionally leaks from between her joints, drunkenly and loudly laugh together, staggering down the alley. Perception check. And tell me where you all are. Other than you've been stalking these girls for several hours. Oh, that's a 21. Uh, Only a 11 for me. Uh, That's a 10 for me. I am hanging way back so that they can't mm. see me. Yeah, so you're not very stealthy, so that makes sense. Stealthy or anything. Yeah. yeah. And my spider form would have dropped after an hour, so so I guess I'm <laughs> hanging back as well. Okay. That explains why Tornin, with his Mask of the Wild, fully hidden in the darkness, is the only one who sees the light shining off of two stubby horns as a bipedal goat person waits in the alley for them. That's what I thought. I'm going to reveal myself. Vince, don't even think about it. <laughs> He's never met you before. He thought he was hidden. <laughs> he, he was like cracking his knuckles, laying in wait for these 900 gold carrying rich idiots that are drunkenly walking down the alley. And the moment you reveal yourself, Tornin, Tornin, you did it. You resolved the third event. You guys, you saved the day. <laughs> Yay! (laughs) Congratulations! I had no idea if that was going to work out or not. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, you guys fixed all three problems. Okay. Congratulations! Yay! Yay. I'm going to do a little bit of explanation because this might not all make sense. He overheard them talking as they ate dinner about how they spent 900 gold on a cake earlier today. He was going to rob them, but that was Chibi's entire first paycheck. She spent it spontaneously on a wedding cake. And then, you know, gleefully destroying it because she was getting over a bad breakup and she just wanted to feel alive and do something. You know, she just left her job, got a new start on her life. 
It's just a thing. I actually read it on Reddit that someone in real life like destroyed a wedding cake and it was their last memory with their brother. And they just Aww. always remember that. Um, they didn't have the transportation, so they just beat it up in the parking lot. And I was like, that sounds so... I, Cathartic. Yeah. So um, yeah. not having any money, the enraged Vince, whose life is not going how they foresaw it, crime of passion kills them. Didn't Was just going to rob them, but then, you know. So you guys prevented Professor Q's death because Dr. Crud the mm-hmm. Third gave them the medicine. You guys prevented... Russ is at home sleeping, and the other team took out the hag, and mm-hmm. you're the only people who figured out that Maven and Chibi were going to die. Yay! Save Yay. them! I, I actually right. thought that the waitress was going to be robbed, because she had the 900 gold. No, the moment I heard- no moment, uh, yeah. Vance, Vince, over- I saw, I saw Vince overhear the conversation about the, uh, 900 gold cake that- uh, set off alarm bells for me, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. So that's why I made sure to follow those two. So the moment she said horns, I was like, yep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the witch doing? Oh, uh, she eats people's time. So she ate uh-huh. Adelaide. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, so, if- so Adelaide's <laughs> dead not coming back sorry yeah she ate adelaide on monday and then okay. the problem is that russ was supposed to forget her but due to an odd quirk with russ he you don't you don't really know you have a magical power of being immune to time magic until it happens and then you're like why does nobody else remember mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's it's one of those ones you find out and then uh and then his mom brooke if you guys hadn't saved russ his mom brooke would have been at home in her apartment just wondering why she lived in a one-bedroom apartment with no children <laughs> Ah. So good job saving Russ, because, yeah. 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 We scared okay. the living oh, wow. out of him, but he's alive at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he's he's fine. All right, so thank you, everybody, for playing with us. Joining us today were Cliff. Hey, yeah, g'day. Um, <laughs> I got to spend quite a bit of time as a spider, which I think is a win. <laughs> Nesgrax. Safe travels, everyone. <laughs> Tornin. Have a good night, folks. Bye. Bye. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps on your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. Are you a fan of folklore? If so, follow the historical natives as we dive into the indigenous peoples of North America and the beings that inhabit the continent. Each episode, voiced by Joseph and Mackenzie, we explore different creatures and the peoples behind them. Creatures ranging from the Wechigate, an ancient cannibalistic creature, to the classic Wendigo. Following a quick adventure through the history of the peoples and a vivid description of the being, we then dive into a beautifully written short story featuring said creature. Follow our expeditions on the social media platform of your choice. We are the historical natives on all of them. 
and be sure to check out our website, thehistoricalnatives.ca, for more information regarding the peoples and the creature. Do you find yourself drawn to the darkness, waiting for something to watch you back when you're looking out the window? Maybe those lights in the sky are really more than just the stars twinkling at you. Maybe there's more spirits than just what's in your glass. Check out Till the Last Drop, a podcast on paranormal topics with a drink themed for each episode. Available where you can listen to most podcasts. Stay thirsty for the paranormal until the last drop.